July 16th, 2017. This is the world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation, and I am your host, Kellen Conley. Yeah. Now, you may have heard a very familiar voice if you're listening to these episodes concurrently because 34 featured somebody named Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson. And episode yeah. 35 is going to feature marcus showing mad love robinson back again yes i'm happy to be here you know i love to get a shout out so if you recognize the voice shout out to you <laughs> <laughs> i actually uh, went back and re-listened to 30 34 like i think it was last week while i was because I, I was mowing the grass I was like, let me go listen to listen to 34 while i cut this grass and i got i kind of owe you an apology and i'll tell uh-huh. you why Okay. It's not about any of your hot takes about John Wall. <laughs> but I, I did feel like there were several times throughout the podcast, and this wasn't intentional. It may have been because I was drinking a little bit, a little line and kugel. But <laughs> I feel like there was times that you started to say something, and then I stepped all over it, and I didn't let you finish. So I'm going to make sure that I'm better about that this time. I don't know if you went listened to the playback, but I, I just... Oh, I, definitely, I definitely listened. I didn't catch that, but I mean, hey, if you want to... If you want to clear out the lane, like AI, you know, give me the ball, like give me the rock, you know, I'll do a Ty Lue. You never know. <laughs> I will. I will definitely clear out the way because there's a couple times where I felt like you were going to say something, and then I'm like, yeah, but, and then I completely shut you down, and then I talk for like five minutes, and I was like, uh, that's not cool at all. Oh no, nah, it's all good, play. It's all good. Just because it's my podcast. <laughs> but we are here to talk about a variety of topics because once again, Mr. Show and Mad Love hit me up and he was like, yo, we got to do a 444 podcast. Now, for those of you who are live under a rock, Jay-Z, the God MC, Jehovah, Jigga Man, Jigga, Sean Carter, uh, uh, William H. Holla, <laughs> he seemingly came out of nowhere even though we've all been anticipating it for a while because all these producers who can't keep their mouth shut kept saying you know i was in the studio with jay-z last night and then you keep hearing rumblings and then of course everybody kind of thought that we were either going to get a a lemonade response album because that was rumored at one point and lemonade being beyonce's last album or b a Jay-Z and Beyonce album as a whole. But of course, with her getting pregnant with twins, that probably slowed that process if it ever happens. But Jay-Z started putting out these 444 ads in New York out of nowhere. And everybody's like, what's this 444? And I, I don't know if the title logo was directly connected originally, but it eventually came back to, it was involved with title and the people were speculating it was Jay-Z's album. He came out about a week and a half later and acknowledged that June 30th, we were getting the 13th solo Jay-Z album. And it's here. It's been here for a while. And Marcus showing mad love Robinson hit me up and said, Hey, let's do this podcast. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, because I definitely know how big of a whole fan you are. And That's he's my definitely, guy. He's definitely one of my favorites ever. So, like, I knew if anyone's going to appreciate this album, it was going to be you, man. And and I, I'm really glad that you wanted to do it this way versus me just writing words or just getting on here by myself even and just being like getting to the end like I recommend 444 but I couldn't even do that as a recommendation that would be an outright topic and that's what it's going to be tonight but there there is something that I wanted to promote of yours that you ju- oh just came to me for those of you again not in the know who are listening to your first episode of Hyphenation it's one of its official sponsors is Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson's blog themarkrob.wordpress.com now tonight instead of watching it live he might already watch it live because I took my sweet time getting on here I don't know when it hit HBO go but Game of Thrones returned for its what season Marcus? season number 7 season Season 7 of Game of Thrones now I have not watched Game of Thrones yet I'm going to I've watched one episode but I plan on getting to it but aside from that Marcus just wrote a delightful little piece with his predictions on what is going to happen going forward in season seven and the ser- the last ser- season in the series, season eight, which will be next summer, I imagine. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're every summer. So this is going to be the second and last season. Next summer is going to be the last season. Um, definitely, if you're a Game of Thrones fan or if you like get into the show, definitely check out. Uh, you know, the season HBO Go. If you have HBO Go, the good thing is as soon as it premieres on HBO, they immediately put it on HBO Go or HBO On Demand. So even if you like a couple minutes late, you don't got the On Demand, you can just go straight there, watch it straight up. And I, last year, I watched it, first watched it um, at the beginning of season six. I caught the last episode of season six live so i mean it took 10 weeks to watch you know six seasons of a show but it's totally totally worth it i highly recommend anyone who likes violence and boobs or, <laughs> to, <laughs> or dragons maybe oh dragons definitely to watch the show i mean a lot of people like you know boil it down just to that which i mean it kind of is but it definitely is a lot of commentary just on like trust uh, family, like corruption, like a lot of different stuff, like a lot of interesting characters. And, you know, if you just like some, you know, head splattering every now and then, or, you know, some booby shaking, they got that for you. They got plenty of that for you. Uh, yeah, I, I had the first three seasons because when Eric came to see me, Eric Greenlee, who... I can mention this now has his own podcast that's going on now. It's called what 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 is it called? It's called he has a clever title for it and it's not coming to me right away, so I'm going to go to podcast 101 <laughs> and start scrolling cuz I know it's on behyphen.com. It's called a podcast or something. I believe I don't even think that's the right way to look at it, but I know it can't be that far away. I'm close. Where is it? There it is. It's like a podcast or whatever. That is Eric Greenlee's new podcast. He's been on the show before. He does it with a friend of his named Everyday Rogue or Crystal. I don't know which she goes by. I guess Everyday Rogue would be the show title. I don't know if he is set up an iTunes feed or anything for this, but his new podcast is called It's Called a Podcast, whatever, and him and Everyday Rogue get together every Sunday. And normally 
get their pod on. So check that out. But anyway, Eric gave me the first three seasons to get back to the original point at Game <laughs> of Thrones. And now that I'm officially joined the cable cutters, the cable cutters club, so to speak, um, I should really just break out the hard drive and watch those three seasons since I have nothing else to watch other than Netflix right now. Oh uh, yeah. Like it's the first six seasons of 10 episodes, hour piece. Like though it's, it's easy to go through. Second season is a lot of like background stories. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be like a lot of wild shit in, se- in season two, but season three will definitely get you. Season four definitely get you. And season six, I think uh, season six is definitely probably the second best season. Three or four is probably the first best. Mm-hmm. Um, but season one, like you'll get hooked. Like you'll get involved with the families. Like you'll you'll get involved with the characters. You want to see like who's gonna win, like who's gonna live, who's gonna die. Like you'll get hooked. I I highly recommend that show to anybody. And I wrote like uh, The Wire is definitely my my favorite show ever. Game of Thrones is definitely number two. Like, definitely my second favorite show. I like it more than Sopranos. I like it more than Breaking Bad. Uh, I like it more than Mad, uh, uh, Mad Men. It's it's a really, really good show. Now, Breaking Bad, I'm actually in the middle of... Re- well, not in the middle. I'm toward, I have two episodes left. I've went back and rewatched it for the first time since the original rewatch. And one thing I love about rewatches is you notice different things throughout the the series or you change your opinion on things throughout the series. Um, how many times have you rewatched game of Thrones or has it just been like, are you on your first rewatch first watch or I've already rewatched it. I've, I've done one full rewatch. Like, Oh I wow. Watch it. Yeah, I know. See, I watched it twice within a calendar year, man. Like, like that's how much like I've been gross with the show, man. I I'm surprised it. you had time to come over and podcast at night if you're watching that much Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, actually, the funny thing is, I think it was before I actually started my rewatch. You're lucky. It caught me on the edge there. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to squeeze me in. Yes. All right, so. Let's just let's just get into the topics, man, because I, I guess the, the elephant in the room for episode 35 of Hyphenation is the fact that Jay-Z came down from hibernation, so to speak, from suspended animation even, and blessed <laughs> us with an album four years after his yes. last effort of Magna Carta Holy Grail. And he made it a title exclusive thing because, of course, Jay-Z owns title. He, I don't even know. I'm sure he's a part owner kind of thing, but title is his thing as well as these other artists who were involved until Kanye pulled out like a week after the album dropped. And I mean, when going in before you heard a note of the album, what what were you thinking we were going to get, Mark Marcus? Mark, See, because... Mark Rob, sorry. <laughs> that's that's cool, buddy. See, okay, I just didn't want to be trash. Like, I legit did not want it to be trash. And I didn't think it would be, but I had my reservations. Right. And basically, okay, so the two the two songs that actually came out before this album was even, like, advertised with the song he had with Future, I Got the Keys, the Keys, the Keys. And he released this song called Spiritual, which... He actually wrote it like a couple of years ago. He recorded a couple of years ago. 
Um, but he just never like released it. Now, I got the keys, the keys, the keys is like a cool song. It's like a fun song, but I don't want 70 minutes of Jay-Z. I got the keys, the keys, the keys. Right. I need like actual like hove on just R and B, you know, just gems. Like I need introspective hove. Right. Like, I don't need Hove doing like mumble flow raps. Like, if if I if 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 there was a if there would have been a Migos collaboration on this album, I would have kind of been disappointed. I love Migos, but if I would have saw a feature in Migos, I would have been no, no. Well, I think the trap the trap Jay Z is what everybody kind of expected because I mean all the the big producers would come out saying they're working with them. Like, um. I'm drawing blanks, but I, the one that keeps popping my head is Zaytoven. Does that sound right? Yeah. Zaytoven said something about it, and then Mike Will had said something about having more songs other than Beach is Better, and then other big, a couple other big hot producers of who's out right now also made mention of it. So I really thought that we were going to get Jay Z trying to compete in today's climate of rap. Yeah, man. And that was worrisome. Oh, uh, it was, man. Like, and the funny thing is, like, I love Zaytoven, like. Mike will he can make Mike will makes dope records mm-hmm. like but it's just one of those things where it's like I mean Jay is definitely at a point well even before we even talk about the album like Jay was at a point in his career where it's like you know he has like all these hit records he has like you know like the big albums he has the big tours the legendary videos but we don't really know who Jay is. And especially with like um, Lemonade getting released, mm-hmm. and that and that was a total spectacle, and it was a very artistically wild ride that Beyonce took us on through their whole lives. So we we can't really get something like Lemonade from one half of the Carter's No Combination, and then I got the keys, the keys, the keys of seventy two minutes from the other one. That would right. be weird as hell. I really thought we were just going to get a Magna Carta part two, essentially, yeah, where man. I just thought he would just update the sound because Magna Carta was, while it had some holdovers from stuff that was like Throne era, so 2011, but yeah. I mean, two years later, he threw in some more recent stuff and then we got Magna Carta. So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. <sighs> I, know, I know where you're going. Just go there, man. Just go there. <laughs> Dear Beyonce. Oh, yes. Queen Beyonce. Queen Beyonce, man. Queen Beyonce. (laughs) I owe you an apology. Because on this very podcast, I believe it was episode 13 or something. I'm not going to look it up. It's called. It was when Jay came out with the All the Way Up remix with, with Fat Joe and Remy. And then he said something about lemonade is a popular drink and it still is, which is kind of like his little reference to lemonade without referencing it. I finally broke down and was like, you know what, Beyonce, I don't believe you. Jay-Z would never do this to you. And I feel like you've used your marriage as a fabrication for a story. And then everybody's giving Jay so much shit because of your fabrication of things and because of this because you're dragging my dude through the mud and jay-z's my guy i don't support lemonade and i did not support lemonade for ever and i finally listened to it i feel like it might have been like the december i finally listened to the actual album still have not watched the visual really difficult now without cable but i will watch (laughs) the visual eventually now with that being said 
I did also mention in that podcast that if for some reason this was true, I feel like it was, and Beyonce decided she wanted to work with Jay and they were going to work out their problems and it wasn't going to be a straight straight to divorce court kind of deal and they were going to work past this. I kind of felt like if you're going to do that, you owe it to your man to kind of shut up and not put his business all out in the street like that, even if you are Beyonce. Now, I've also went on record as saying as if I was Jay's friend and I knew what Jay did and I didn't agree with it, I would be like, yeah, that's messed up. But at the same time, I wouldn't be going out there trying to throw his business in the streets about what was going on with him and his wife. So my my take on it was that it wasn't true. And then in the very first song, Jay says, I shouldn't have egged Solange on. That's what you knew. <laughs> like, oh, God, he's going to. He's going to say something. It's either going to come out or he's just, he was just saying that I pushed Solange too far in the elevator. And that, that's why she was swinging on me. Because Beyonce seemed pretty cool about it in the elevator. So I don't, I don't think that was directly related to cheating. <laughs> I think Jay was just being an asshole to Solange. And it got caught on videotape. And that's why he said, I egg Solange on. Yeah. But yeah. maybe, I don't know. It could have it been cheating related but then as we get further into the album and I'm, i don't want to i don't know if we're going to do a track by track breakdown or what but as we get further into the album he does pretty much confess that everything that lemonade was about was true and then i'd say we're on my fifth or sixth listen of 444 i went back and started playing lemonade and i got the sorry and then she dropped she got to the end of the, the song and i was like oh my god this is 100% authentic, and I am an asshole. So Beyonce, <laughs> I know you're listening, because just like Halle Berry listens to Hyphenation, you also are a big fan, even though I trashed you all the time. I renege all the bad things I've said about you, even the even the overtop stuff about me saying you're, you're doing too much and stuff and me just being a hater. Well, we're cool again, Beyonce, and I hope that you can find in your heart to forgive me like you did your husband. Thanks. See? See, Queen Beyonce, I, I never disrespect you like this. I I told him to look at... First of all, I told him that the video was the best thing since sliced bread. I already told him that. And I saw you live. And I saw you live in Pittsburgh. And, you know, you killed shit. But I don't got to tell you that you was there. You know you killed shit. So that's all him. That's not me, Beyonce. I love you. Congratulations on the twins, girl. Congratulations <laughs> on the twins for real, though. <laughs> yes, definitely. Carrying yeah. twins ain't no joke. Who doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, definitely, man. But I guess it's even better when you're Queen Beyonce. <laughs> Do I got to refer to her like that for like what the next fifteen episodes or something? Whenever I bring her up, uh, I will show her out like every episode. Shout out to Queen Beyonce. You think, I mean, you think she would respect me after that? I mean, I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I would say for this episode because we're definitely talking about. I mean, they're basically like the black king and queen couple of contemporary music, if yeah. we're being honest. Yeah. So I would say in this circumstance, for this conversation, we both can refer to Queen Beyonce as Queen Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I can handle this conversation. Okay. And so So yeah, I would definitely I would definitely I don't wanna say I didn't think he cheated. Because I, I personally, I don't put anything past anyone. Right. But I was, I was definitely reserved 
I mean, because I was thinking of, I mean, because we have like artists that I don't want to say exaggerate, but they create like they create a story in their music. So I mean, Michael Jackson, like like Librarian Girl, like Smooth Criminal, like you can create these stories and these images with your music and your videos, right? And it can be entertaining as hell. And you think that there's some truth with that? Like you think that Michael Jackson really had some Librarian Girl on deck, and he was just in love with her. So I mean, I was in I was in the mood of in the mode of like, okay, maybe he did it. And then maybe she forgave him, or maybe this was just all really just for the spectacle, the spectacle of it. And because that's what it was, I was mad about because I thought it was for the spectacle of it. Yeah, like I mean, I'm telling obviously you, I was like, wrong. And you say you still haven't seen the video, right? Um, I mean, I've seen a couple of videos. I haven't watched the whole movie as a whole though. Like, oh, as yeah. is what I'm saying. I haven't done that, but I have title. It's on title though, right? Uh, it should be. If it's not there, it's not, it's, it should be on Apple. But I watch on HBO. I got I got my title subscription still for a little while longer, so I got my free trial <laughs> for home. The free one. <laughs> well, you I didn't have any use for it before, and now I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna live without it because one, he's got more content coming than all these videos he's been dropping, and then two, I really like title. Oh, I mean, well, that's a good thing, like. I I don't have titles, so I haven't seen the video for Bam yet. I want to see that video, but he hasn't put it out yet on just like regular YouTube, so I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm with me with buying music, like and streaming music. I typically purchase music from artists that are sort of I don't want to say um well I don't want to say not mainstream, but I rather purchase music from artists that is actually going to somewhat matter if they sell records. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I bought Sampha's album when it came out and I bought, um, you Sid. really want to support the people you feel like need you. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And so I bought, I bought their music. It's different internet. She's a least in for internet. I bought her album, but like someone like Drake, how like, is Sid's album? Not to interrupt, but I, I've been wondering, is it's it like really, internet stuff or is it kind of different? It's really, really good. It's um, it's sort of like uh, it's R and B, but it's there's definitely sexy music to it, and there's definitely like chill music to it. She's dope. Like, yeah, I've been a fan seen, since the internet first got together, put out their yeah. first video. Yeah, yeah, like I, I think the album's good. Like, cause she, I, I know she put out. out she put out a couple of videos for it, and mm-hmm. videos for it were good. I would say definitely check the album out. Like if you, I mean, if you like the internet, you're gonna like her album. Okay, I'm going to put that on my list right now to get. Go ahead though. You were saying that how you support Sid, and then you said something about Drake, and then I said, then nah, I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like someone like like Drake, like I love Drake and I love Kendrick Lamar, but I know in the grand scheme, like their album like my purchasing their album it won't make a dent because they're going to go gold and they're going to go platinum anyway right but like someone like sampha i'm not even sure sampha is even near gold yet but his album he has like my favorite r&b album of like the last like x number of years i love sampha's album so i'm gonna put him on my list too because you brought him up last episode too 
Yeah, man. So he, he's really, really dope. All right. I got Sanford down, too. I got to update my iPod so hard. And yes, it's for those of you who went to go see Baby Driver and like went classic iPods. Uh, your uh, your fe- uh, fearless host of the world's greatest podcast still has an iPod Classic that he rides around and listens to in his car, probably because hey, oh. he doesn't have an iPod, uh, an, I- uh, an iPhone, and then want to put music on his Android because he doesn't have enough gigs on it. So, oh man, switch to Apple, buddy. <laughs> so uh, mm. quick. Quick sidebar, super mm-hmm. quick sidebar. Yeah. Do you think Baby Driver is a musical? I haven't seen Baby Driver. I just saw a couple of people oh, saying, yeah, I've not seen it. Yeah, Homecoming was the first movie I've actually seen since Logan. Oh, okay. Yeah, because well, I, I, mean, I haven't seen Guardians and I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. And oh, man. I, oh. I know, man, but I mean, with, with everything that happened and stuff uh last month in may and stuff i was kind of like yeah i'm going to just lay back and that's when guardians and wonder woman came out so you're right you're right so i'll I'll catch him though i'll catch him yeah buddy but all right so yeah so let's like go back on topic let's go back i know you said you're gonna you said you're gonna keep title until the subscription runs out do you think you're gonna um keep title to support hove or do you think you're gonna scrap it and go back to the old scoundrel ways of getting music um I, i'm probably going to let it go for now but i do plan on resubscribing because it's only 9.99 for the regular version and then hi-fi is what i got right now the trial of and that's i don't think you get any different contact with hi-fi i think that literally is just the sound quality uh yeah. i think it's 19.99 a month to have the hi-fi so I'm going to probably let it let it go at, um, when my trial runs out. But then when I can get back to it, I definitely want to come back. Because the thing about Tidal is like, I've, I've been a Spotify guy forever. And I've seen Apple Music um, a little bit. And I remember, of course, before Apple bought it, I, w- I had the Beats. I had the Beats for a little bit. Um, uh, the Beats, whatever, the Beats app. I've, Beats Music, Beats Music. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and I tried that out and I thought it was cool, but like with, with title, I was just like, I, I don't know, like beside the fact that my favorite artist in the world and my favorite rapper in the world has a brand new album and all this new content coming out every, every week. Um, I, there's just a lot of music in their library that I just, that I just fuck with in general. And uh-huh. so I just, and then I just like the presentation. It's easy to use. It's super mobile friendly. So I feel like Spotify isn't unless you have a premium subscription and then because when you're on your phone with Spotify, they, everything's shuffle play. But then once you get on your computer or your iPad or I, don't, I guess not on your iPhone, but it, on my iPad, at least I can make playlists and literally let stuff play through and listen to whole albums. But you can't do that with premium on or Spotify free, which I guess makes sense. But it's super annoying. Yeah. Spotify free is trash on your phone. Like, yeah, because I, I really only use it for my iPad. And yeah, through the iPad, you can. um you know, you can make playlists. You can mm-hmm. listen to the playlist straight the way you want. Listen to the albums you want straight, but um, it depends. Like I would say, if you if you're on the go a lot and you you primarily listen to music through your cell phone anyway, you would. I would recommend like I would rather just get like just get title mm-hmm. instead. Yeah, I mean, because even then, like you're still getting. I'm sure you're getting like. 99% of the same music, but you're actually going to get like Jay-Z too. So right. if you're, if you're going to pay for one, you might as well get the one with Jay on it anyway. Yeah. And I, I don't even mess with Pandora or anything like that. 
too hard anymore either because I was an early Pandora adopter, like before Spotify came over to the U.S. and before the streaming battles really started. And now it's like if I'm using Spotify, it's like a last-ditch option just to have some kind of music going on. Yeah, yeah, I can't be doing a Pandora. I got rid of that. Like, (laughs) as of the second time, I was like, I would like to pick the song, but right. Yeah, man. One time I was like, I want to listen to what was that Jewel's Lloyd Banks song? Uh, uh, the I know exactly the Benz. Yeah, the, Beamer, Beamer, Benz and Bentley. Yeah, that had just came out, and I put in Jewel Santana, and the first song happened to be Beamer, Benz and Bentley, and that's exactly what I wanted to hear. One time, Pandora got it right in all these years. That's the only time. <laughs> that's, I mean, I was like. I mean, I guess it was technically Lloyd Banks' biggest hit. So, I mean, they knew what you wanted, huh? and they just they just gave it to you. They were just being friendly. That's a topic for another episode, or, or or maybe a writing piece about what Lloyd Banks' biggest hit is. But well, not not his. <laughs> not, I don't think it, it wasn't his best one. His big, his, I think, commercially like success wise. Yeah, but, yeah, you I mean, you right. I but think, I kind of thought On Fire was pretty big too when it dropped, though. Uh, well, yeah, it was pretty big, but I don't think anything's touching. I'm so, I'm so hood. Like, how is it? That's how it goes. No, like, it was the um. I'm so fly. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so fly. fly. Yeah, yeah, that was classic. One. That that was a good one too, but it didn't really break commercially. But we are way off track. We super are, <laughs> super super are. So let's get back to Jay. So, you get a hold of the album, you press play. What are your immediate first thoughts as you're listening to it? Alright, so yeah, I know you said that you weren't sure if we're gonna go like through a track through track thing, but well, we can I do mean, a track by track thing. We'll do like we'll just kind of be like, all right, what are your thoughts on this track, and just do it real quick without. We don't want to sit here and because if we were to break it down track by track, we could do a three hour podcast, and I don't yeah. know if we want to <laughs> do that. And I haven't listened to the bonus tracks. I don't know if you were to include those or not. I've only listened um, to the main album. Well, real quick on the bonus tracks. They is a good thing they were bonus tracks. The album didn't the album didn't need them, but I was thinking that I was thinking that's exactly what it, what would happen with them too. Yeah, and so like they're good songs to have, but the album didn't need them at all. So you're not if you haven't listened to them yet, like you're not necessarily missing much to be honest. Okay, because I, I I uh I haven't checked my I haven't checked title because I mean I've been listening to the the album, but I'm. I normally have like a little playlist set up that just flips the original ten, and I don't think it's if there are bonus tracks or on title. I haven't listened to them, so I need to look tomorrow and see if they're on there. Yeah, um, but just for, well, yeah. Oh, were we gonna say? Oh no, so I was saying just just for the record, I was just kind of ending my point. <laughs> okay, my bad. All right, <laughs> so so yeah, for like starting the album, like when you get to kill Jay Z, like it's definitely sort of like a jarring sort of like what's going on here record like he just basically then kill jay-z kill jay-z and then you get this like you get him rapping on like this soul sample and you're just like okay is this where i'm gonna take me are we gonna really go down this beautiful lovely path right now right and so you're hearing like the i shouldn't have egg salon on and you're hearing like talking about him stabbing un like un rivera and you're like and that was 18 years ago when he did that. You're like, is Hove really going to give us the honest Hove in this album? And so I'm really thinking that this is going to be a good album. I'm not I'm not like having like lofty expectations yet, but I'm in the mode of, okay, we're 
if anything, if this song is the honest song, okay, then I just I'm still hopeful that we're gonna get way more than this, but it's really all to like a really, really good start. Yeah, yeah. Uh when I first heard Kill Jay Z, like I like I said, I got my title premium all set up and I was like, Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this album right it when it comes out. So as soon as it's live, I start playing it and I listen to it. I'm like, what is this beat? Cause I mean, I knew I, I knew at that point no idea had done no album, and I was like, "What is doing? Like this doesn't sound like a Jay Z beat," and that and that's one of the first things I love about Four Forty Four is very. I mean, while it the, all the beats are dope, I don't feel like any of those would say this is a Jay Z beat or something that Jay Z would rap on, especially not Kill Jay Z. Yeah, and and then he came with he, like you said, he came super honest on it, and. And it, it was just, there's just something, he was, voice is so raw on this. And it, yeah. it's just like, I didn't know if he was just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit with the Solange comment or, or what was going to happen. And then I listened to it and I was like, okay, that was really, that was really dope. I, I'm, I'm going to need to go back and listen to it, but I'm going to keep listening out. So oh, definitely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to sit there and waste wait too long on one song, especially with the runtime only being thirty six minutes by like the whole album. Which is honestly, in today's culture, I think one that's great for for a sample size of anybody who was listening to Jay Z for the first time. Which many, believe it or not, many many kids are probably listening to their first Jay Z album, and four forty four is it. And that's why you have many many kids who are saying four forty four is trash. Jay Z can't rap. Like what? talking about because he's not mumbling like that's ex- i saw some dude on facebook saying the exact same thing yeah man like i mean the thing with hove in this album like hove is hove is about to touch 50 and a lot of rappers a lot of our favorite rappers that we grew up with like they couldn't even get a fifth album they couldn't even get a fifth hit record right and so you're really seeing like with this album like maturation at its finest and like as far as like people not like the young kids aren't relating to the music like and i'll honestly even though like i don't like that it's understandable because it really is would be hard for like a 19 year old to really get the gist of like why 444 is such an important song right like even if you even if Jay would have put out just the song 444, you would have said that this is probably the most important song of Jay-Z's career. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, he was just super, super raw and super, super honest. Like, your favorite rapper is not doing that these days. Like, your yeah. favorite rapper is not just doing that in general for, like, the most part. Like, And I was thinking sort of, like, about... I typically go back and forth between who who I like better, either Jay-Z or Andre 3000. And throughout Andre 3000's career, you get a you do get sprinkles of him like just sort of reflecting on life and him just like thinking about the world and thinking about society. But you don't really get a lot of music just about who he is just like in his day-to-day thoughts like oh, not at all life. he's one of hip-hop's biggest mysteries still yeah and he hasn't given us a song like this like B definitely never gave a song like this like Nas given us glimpses 
Like Tupac is giving us glimpses, mm-hmm. but this is like the rawest, like emotion, emotion-filled song of uh, in a really, really long time. And I think that it really would be hard for like a 19, 20, or 21-year-old to sort of understand like what Jay really means when he says his heart would have to break if he told Blue the truth about what he was doing. Like, yeah. Like, I don't even have a kid. I can, I, I can relate to it so hard. Yeah. So like, hard now. Yeah, man. Because like, I, I couldn't imagine ha- having that conversation with Aaliyah at all. Oh, man. Definitely. It's like telling Santa Claus is fake. It's like, oh. That's just that's heart wrenching. Yeah, it's just right, heart wrenching. Yeah. Um, do do I mean you you already started it, but I'm going to go ahead and continue with the 440 talk 444 talk as far as the actual track because we went from Kill Jay Z to 444, but I don't care. Yeah, we can go wherever it is. I know, <laughs> I know, it's my podcast. <laughs> so I I got a tweet from Monster Long the other day because. I had mentioned in in one of my newsletter columns that uh that I was gonna go listen to Marcy Me or what well, I don't know what I said some or Kill Jay Z Kill Jay Z was my favorite at that very moment because he went at Kanye on Kill Jay Z which is something that needed to be done because one thing nobody has done aside from tear Kanye down about his issues and the way he acts is nobody has officially called him out on it like no. in a hip hop sense. And you can say you can say oh Drake threw a couple shots when like once and that wasn't even on record and you can say oh well he's kind of a big joke in the hip hop community when it comes to certain things but mostly he's pretty well respected and it's well deserved because he's still Kanye but nobody has really taken him to task and Jay officially did and was like look you gave him 20 minutes on stage what the fuck is he thinking yeah, like, oh man, that that hit home so much because I've been wanting to watch the Throne Two album since the first one dropped, and right. oh man, my man Jay said he gave you twenty million. <laughs> he gave him twenty million. He gave him twenty minutes on stage. Like, oh man, and the funny thing with Kanye is Kanye has worked with so many artists, like just throughout his entire career. Not a lot of people are going to step out on that edge and like call him out, like. Right. And the only the only people who I've seen even like even diss Jay and Kanye together, like or Killer Mike and LP on Watch Your Throne one and two, not Watch Your Throne, um, <laughs> Run, Run the, the Jewels, Jewels one and two. They'll do like slight jabs, like like on Run the Jewels one, Sea Legs, like Killer Mike's coming at fucking Jay Z, and it, he's not like. Dissing him, dissing him, but he's definitely like getting at him in a great way. Mm-hmm. And it's not like ultra disrespectful or anything, it's just like a jab at him. And on Runner Jewels 2, Killer Mike, not Killer Mike, um, LP, he's definitely throwing jabs at Kanye, but it's they're all subtle. And if you're if you're not like like a rap fan, you're probably not gonna like you're really gonna miss catch him. it. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, that was a clever line or whatever, but you're not really gonna catch it. But that's more yeah. the spirit of competition because they're they are the biggest hip hop duo out. They yeah. released the most popular uh, uh, duo album by any rap artist in history, and then Run the Jewels is the most popular rap group to come out since then. 
And then yeah. it's only right that they that they feel like they need to address them, even for not coming right out and be like, "Fuck Jay and Kanye." I, I feel like you should be able to say, "Look, this is us, and we're gonna we're gonna call you on your shit a little bit without it being fisticuffs and shit," you know? Yeah, and like even like Drake and like Lil Wayne, like they've thrown jabs at Jay Z over the careers, but no one has even like really really dis. Kanye like ever I did think Wayne's line about kidnapping his lady was kind of was kind of hard but then Jay yeah. came right back and was like and got him right back so I thought that was like oh I guess it's no big deal <laughs> you know oh my god the funny thing is I actually just listened to that little Wayne song today yeah I forgot how ludicrous little Wayne is like he is utterly ridiculous in that song and not in a good way that song aged like milk. Right. Oh my God, this verse was like, oh man, that shit was terrible. But <laughs> three, I think. So yeah, I can it, definitely see that. It was, man. It was. All right. So yeah. So so even you know, first song with like Jay just putting everything out, like with Kanye, it's like you know that it's weird because you don't even really fault Jay Z for doing it, like. You really sort of you get the diss. It's not even real diss. I don't think it's really just an observation of I helped you with getting you involved with title. We paid you the twenty mil, and then you turn around and you diss me on stage. Right, like that's. I mean, for a lot of the things that sort of Kanye wants, as far as like Jay to be the big brother. Like that, like you're not doing that to your family members on stage. Like, like if anything, like you're pulling, you're pulling that man to the side and being like, "Look, this is wrong. We need to fix it." Like you're not ranting on stage and then ruining your tour and derailing right. your career to right. do this. Like, so I mean, I always thought Kanye was in the wrong for that. I and, uh, I went back and listened to uh the rants again. And like, especially like, especially the last one when he's talking about Beyonce not liking whatever the hell he said about Beyonce. He's like, you ain't never called me. And how are you going to call me and ask if I'm okay after Kim got robbed? Like, what is he supposed to say? Like, do you want him to come and rub your feet? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I mean, bro, like, sure, it'd been nice if Jay showed up and like, hey, let's sit down and watch some football and kind of talk about our feelings. But we men. Yeah, <laughs> he man. called him. And said, are you good? He acknowledged that. And that wasn't good enough for Kanye. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's doing the most. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about, like, the Kardashian curse and, like, how it's not real. But I don't know, man. All these all <laughs> these dudes get next to the Kardashians. <laughs> Their careers turn to quicksand, man. Like, I mean, shout out to Lamar Odom. But, <laughs> I mean, goddamn, like. Shout out know, to the man. beard. Yeah. Uh, shout out to oh, see the beard rebounded, so he got his I'm right. Like, the beard that the beard left, and he was in the MVP conversation, and now he's got he's this close to having a big three in Houston. Exactly, man. So, so yeah, man. Like Kanye definitely deserved them bars, and I think the public. I mean, I don't know if the public deserves Jay honesty, but I mean, he definitely gave it to us like yeah. throughout the entire album. Um. So, oh, so the reason, well, actually, in the piece that I wrote about the album, my mm-hmm. blog, I had, Rob, that WordPress.com. 
Go ahead. Yes. The Mark Rob. <laughs> the Mark Rob. Yes. Like I originally wrote that I don't have a favorite album on a song. Like I legit cannot pick like an album, like a, a song on the album that I'm immediately drawn to to say this is my absolute favorite. Like, and that's never happened with any rap album. Oh and, really? Like, yeah, like like any album I even just like just happen to like, I can point to like, yeah, this song is the the best or this song is a favorite of mine. I can't do this at all, like for this album. Like I love like every fucking song on this album. And I when I read that you wrote that, I felt the same way. Yeah, man, like cause uh, so the title the reason I wrote my title is 44 points on 10 shots is because they gave you such like density and like emotion in this very very little time like because jay-z doesn't waste the lyric and there's not a single second wasted on a production for no id no and so they craft they legitimately crafted this album and curated it to like a masterpiece like if there ever was a jay-z album that it could have been co-credited to the producer this was it it could have been a jay-z no id album and yeah. no id's name being the in the lights with jay-z's but no idea wouldn't want that yeah like i mean no idea is a recluse like i mean i the funny thing is like i'm not gonna say i forgot about no id but he like just basically he's basically just under the radar for like a lot mm-hmm. a lot of people like yeah, and if you're if you're not like reading like the liner notes and like catching like the random interviews from him, like you're not gonna know who he is really. Like the last interview I saw from him on video was like five years ago, maybe. Mm. Like actually, it may have been like I don't know if he did much on uh, Magna Carta, but it may have been around that time. Like yeah. it may it may have been around the time Common's last album came out or something like that, but. But yeah, man, like he's pretty much a recluse. But and even now, like he did the interview with Rolling Stone that came out, like after which is the album wonderful. Yes, it is definitely read that. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, so like I think he's, I think uh, not just him, but like a lot of these producers, like they got to start coming out and like speaking about their music they create, man. Like start telling these stories, like. I mean, because we're like, we love like Timberland, we love Swiss Beats, like, like we love all these legends yeah. like, that crafted the music. But how many times we actually really heard a story about the music itself? Like, like, I mean, I would love to know, like, even stories from Timberland of like working with like Aaliyah, like, actually, even Missy Elliott. I would love to hear Missy Elliott talk about working with Aaliyah all them years like creating all of those hit records i did just see an oral history with timbaland about super duper fly which is kind of cool oh okay okay i can definitely check that out i'll definitely check that out um so yeah man like and you have people like just blaze he'll be like open and honest he'll talk to anyone yeah and you'll have like and so you'll have like um like podcasts like well, one up, like they would like interview just like a lot of like legends that mm-hmm. people just forgot about. Yep. And they'll get their side of the story. But we need more of these people come out. Like we need Q tip 
to like actually talk about these tribe days like yeah i mean yeah with, like with um with fife passing and all that like recipes to fife like tribe is one of my favorite groups ever and like Absolutely. we need we need stories from like alishi muhammad like even jirobi like in the early years like just talking about the music and like because the funny thing is like people don't even really know how much like Q-Tip was responsible for the early production. And even sort of like Andre 3000, like people don't even really know that like he was doing production on Outkast's albums from like um, ATLians on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's not like, I love, I love Dre, but he needs to be coming out here. If he's not gonna make him, he's not making raps. He need to be making stories or something, right? Like, he need to make documentaries right. or something. No, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, man. So even for like Dr. Dre, like we don't need no you know fabricated biopics. You know, we <laughs> <laughs> like like I would love actual like stories of them like crafting their music. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so. Hats off to No ID for the production, like for real. Um, I love the album a lot. One um, of uh, one of my favorite Double XL features used to be uh, when they would do, I forget what they would call, it, but they would essentially like do a like break down the classic album track by track, and a lot of that was going back and talking to the original producers and stuff. And then that's when you get the crazy backstories about like about how Primo was doing unbelievable, and he made the beat. Biggie heard it. Biggie left for hours and then came back. He was there for like 15 minutes, laid the first verse and then was gone again, came back again and laid, laid the next, did like second and third verse. And they like didn't talk to him for weeks. And then Primo call gets a hold of Biggie on the phone. It's like, yo, what are we going to do for this hook? We got to get a hook. And Biggie's like, oh, just, just put the R. Kelly joint on there. The unbelievable, where he's saying unbelievable from, uh, uh, one of those songs off 12 play it's not coming to me uh, your body's, body's calling me body's yeah. calling me uh, and Primo's like I don't even know if that shit will work then Primo's like I, I lay, looped it in there and then next thing I know we that was done and it's like though, I love those stories man I 100% love those stories yeah man like those stories are needed man like like we need the stories so kids can auto produce records like right. if anything like we really need like people like just chilling with like Ninth Wonder and like Guru and like getting the stories of like how to craft music. Cause I think um Ninth Wonder, he actually I think actually both I think I don't think, I don't know if it's a second like the separate class or whatever, but I know Guru teaches. Guru teaches and I mm-hmm. think Ninth Wonder teaches too. And so even Bum B, he was like teaching a class on rap. Like, they need to be like, I don't know, like, how invaluable would it be, like, if you got like a beat session from like Timberland? Yes. Like, or if you had like, I don't know, just like sessions with like Just Blaze and like. I want, <gasps> I want Questlove to say something. Exactly. I, like, Questlove has stories upon stories about everybody. Yeah, I read Questlove's, um, he wrote like a memoir like a few years ago, like yeah, five yeah. years ago. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a really, really good book. It was really entertaining. I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, like they, we got to keep, you know, we got to keep these people creating these, these histories, these, 
if their oral history is as dope, if their visual, like, even better. History is even yeah. better. Yeah, man. So everyone just keep keep talking about the music. And, like, and one of my fears, actually, which this album definitely negated, but <laughs> I was talking to, I was talking to um, a friend, like, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, uh, my, my man JP, and he was talking about how, like, basically, like, Sample is, is dying a lot for the new artists. Yeah. Which they don't want to pay the fees, man. Yeah, it's it's twofold. It's sort of like, I don't know if younger artists really have, like, an interest in sampling music. And if they did, like, they're getting hit over the head for the fees anyway. One of the so, things that comes to mind you say that is J. Cole on his uh, on Forest Hills Drive, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. If you ever listen to the very last song on the album, and if you're like me... You listen to the whole part where he does his thank yous on the album. He does like a two minute rant on samples getting cleared because he said he's like, We we almost didn't get the album cleared. We get somebody came through with the sample last minute. That's dope. Thank you so much. And he's like then he's like, But you know what? Like, fuck making me clear your sample. Because you know what? I, you made the music. I should be able to create music off your music. And we should be able to make music music together. I'm still going to pay you. But y'all be out here crazy, like, trying to do all kinds of shit. Trying to make, fuck with a nigga. And you know what? I love y'all anyway. And it, I, I love that song on the album just because of, one, he's super excited. The album's done. You can tell it's coming from an honest place. And then, two, just because of him saying that about sampling. And that's the primary reason I feel like you said sampling is dying. And this album definitely brought it back because samples are all over 444. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The entire album is a sample. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. But that's, that's the thing, though. That's the jig, though. Like, because Jay-Z, he has the means for paying these people. And, if, and even, like, the opposite, like, they're going to be, they're going to work with Jay-Z because he's Jay-Z. Right, and so they're not going to really hit him over the head too much, but I mean it's like, <laughs> like exactly, <laughs> but like little rapper X, like he's not gonna gonna be hitting up the Prince's state for like a sample of like let's go crazy, like he's not gonna be doing that. Well, I mean, uh-huh. well, they they may now because they hone Prince out, but uh, <laughs> mentioned by uh, Jay on this album, another one of the realest lines on the album. Oh yeah, man, for real. Like the funny thing with that song is, um, calling their eyes. Like when the funny thing when Jay said it, I was feeling that, but I didn't even know how to even, even like even articulate it. Like that's why. Oh my god, that's all. I mean, that's that's one of those uh, conversations that uh, it's uh, the room. One of those room where it happens uh, conversations, and yes, it's a Hamilton reference because. <laughs> Because I watched that Hamilton documentary, which I keep saying that everybody should watch. But seriously, like it was about the Hamilton songs about Aaron Burr not being in the room where the decisions were made to move New York City to Washington, D.C. and make it the state, like make the nation's capital from New York City to Washington, D.C. He was mad that he wasn't a part of that conversation. He was jealous of it. And so hearing that Jay looked Prince in his face and Prince told him his wishes that was like, I, I was feeling like Aaron Burr where I was jealous. I was like, I want to be in that room with them. I don't need to say nothing. But I just want to be there when Prince and then Jay-Z are having, who knows, they could have been eating pancakes to shout out Dave Chappelle. <laughs> but to be there and just to hear that conversation. And then the line about, like, this man wrote slave on his face. You, wanted, you think he wanted his masters to have his masters? Like, that, that's 
Hell no, he didn't want his masters to have the masters. Fuck no, like so real. Because even when the news hit that like all his music was like going to hit the streaming, streaming services, yeah. and then all his music started popping up, it on feels YouTube. so weird to listen to it like that. It feels like I'm I'm doing Prince wrong because I know he wouldn't have his music up if he was still alive. Oh hell no, man! Like. Jay said, "You greedy bastard!" So tickets to walk through his house. I was surprised you auction off, off the, the casket. casket. God damn it, Jay! That's a hard ass fucking bar, man. Jesus man. Christ! No kidding. And oh, and people forget though, because I mean, of course, when Prince died, everybody lost their shit and kind of forgot what he was doing previous to what happened. But Prince's last two albums, the Hit and Run Phase One and Hit Run Phase Two, were title exclusive albums. They weren't out on anything else. So it's not like Jay's just saying some fly ass shit. This is, I went and talked to Prince about what he wanted to do. And Prince is like, this is what I want to do with my music now. And in the event, this is what I want you to do going further. And then when Jay did it, everybody's like, oh, wow. Well, how come he has that permission? Because Prince gave it to him. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of truth in that song, man. A lot of truth in this album, man. So like, I, I, I got to transition from that back to 444 because we were talking about how we didn't have a favorite song and how you had mentioned it in your column on your great site, themarkrob.wordpress.com. Um, <laughs> and I was mentioning that too in my newsletter and how Kill Jay-Z was my favorite that second. But I have to say I do have a favorite song on this album. Uh, is it 444? It's 444. Uh, okay, it's tell 444. Us, tell us why. Tell us why. Not only did he, yes, he, he, he copped everything that Beyonce had thrown at him, but for not just Jay-Z, not just for Sean Carter, but for a man... To bear his infidelities like that on the record is only, no, it's the record's 444 long, four minutes, 44 seconds long, which is perfect, of course. But for anybody to bear everything they've done wrong on a record like that, it's, it's, it's not, everybody's like, oh, that's very brave of him. He did a, he did a good thing by acknowledging his, his sins and, his his faults, yada yada yada, like no man, like beyond that, he's just being honest. And when it comes to that kind of stuff, we as men have a real problem with that kind of shit. Like it's one thing when it's like you're you're messing around in your youth and you you're got this one girl and then something pops off at the strip club and but you're still with this other girl and a couple of your homies know but it's kind of water under the bridge. But then when you have a relationship that you built and you have a child that y'all have brought into this world together and a, a child that you've written songs about and like mo- hours after her birth and then you got and then your wife and you have had to celebrate a relationship for many many years and y'all have been together so long and yada 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 and then to think that there's there's men out there who envy you because you're sleeping with this woman on a daily basis and just knowing that and then having the balls to just be like look I fucked up that's that's not amazing that's not astounding that's that is the beauty of being human and being able to admit you're wrong at the end of the day and there are men who are 
17 years, 30 years, men that's dead and buried, older than Jay, and men way younger than Jay who will never, ever go to the points that Jay went on this song. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, because there's definitely a difference between, like, just apologizing and then just, like, knowing what you're sorry for. I mean, he said, like, I apologize for the stillborns because I wasn't present. Right. The body wouldn't accept it. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine that, yo. Like, he said, like, when she when four came out a few years ago, before Blue, before she got pregnant with Blue, she said that uh, we lost a baby or something. But he said stillborns. So there yes. had multiple miscarriages. I don't know if she's acknowledged this multiple, but m- multiple miscarriages. And to put that fault on your own shoulders, like, wow. Yeah, man. Oh, man. It, it's so, it's deeper than rap, is, is <laughs> to quote Rick Ross. Like, it, there's just so much here in this one song, and the sample is just so beautiful the sample that no id pulled from hannah williams and affirmations like and yes i might be looking at wikipedia i'm not that good um (laughs) but dude just that is the one the one beat that haunts my dreams off this album and it's the one song because it's it's such a masterwork and this is one of the reasons this is the prime example if anybody want to come at why is jay-z the first rapper in the songwriters hall of fame listen to this song and get back to me definitely definitely, man like oh yeah man like oh this song is really really heavy man this song is really really dense like because even it's like i don't want to say cringeworthy but it's like you know how like you like Put your hand on the stove and it's too high. You made that, you made that yeah. sound like. Yeah. He, he said. He said. I said, don't don't embarrass me. Said I be mine. That was my proposal for going steady. Like, damn, Jay, really? Like you going that hard? Like, damn. And that's and if if you followed his whole career like I have, then that sounds exactly like something Jay Z would say to a woman. That sounds like oh, Big Pippin and yeah. Jay. Hell yeah! Like a lot of Jay is definitely well before this album like a lot of jay is definitely calculated like it's definitely like i need to be cool for the sake of just me being cool right and so you'll get songs like big pimpin you'll get songs like hey poppy when it's just like i'm gonna be cool jay and y'all y'all women's gonna do what the fuck i say or even more recently you get beach beach is better or not beach is better no that's right yeah, the beach is better off of, of Holy Grail or even the BBC joint, uh, Billionaire Boys Club, where they're just flossing on the whole song. Like, that's just Jay being cool. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, for this album, like, we definitely did not need that at all. Like, I would love to know, like, what he would have created without Lemonade. Like, that would have been really interesting to see. I. Good- or go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like I don't think we're gonna get this J without lemonade. I can I I'm 99 sure like we're not getting. I seen the innocence leave your eyes. Like we're not getting we're not getting that J without lemonade though. Right. Do you think? I don't think we get another any more J at all. Honestly, I, other than the fact that he might honestly do a, a collaboration album with Beyonce, which I'm not looking forward to just because of their track record. No offense, Queen Beyonce, but ah. Uh. 
<laughs> Are you disagreeing with me on that too? Uh, a whole think, album of Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh no, no, not counting the shining. That's no, what I, I meant. That's no, what I, I meant. A whole Jay Z. That yeah, that's what I meant. I don't that's want a Beyonce Jay Z collabo album, which is what been in a rumor, especially when they went on tour together. It's been yeah. rumored for a while, but but what I was saying though is, um, oh man, I might I might have lost my thought. <laughs> Because <laughs> you were but saying no, you because you're saying that you don't think without Lemonade we're gonna get another oh, Jay Z album. Period. Yes, thank you. Like even with him working with producers and him doing I Got the Keys and stuff, can could Jay really come out with an album? And because the only thing he could do was try to compete with what's out at that point. Yeah. If he's not doing that. Then what? What's the point? Like he could do, he could if he wanted to really drop a song, he could drop a song. But there was no reason, especially after what he did with with Magna Carta, because Magna Carta, the thing was with that, he bundled it with Samsung, and was like, "Go get my app, you can get the album for free." He sold a million units. This time he was like, "Get on title, go with Sprint, um, you get my album." He sold a million units, platinum easy. He he took care of the sales right off the gate. So. He could not, not to say he didn't care about Magna Carta, but with what we got from Magna Carta, if he left his his career right there and never came back, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I could have totally seen it. So I don't think we get another Jay-Z album without Lemonade. I mean, it's either that or we get like uh, Magna Carta, Holy Girl Part 2, which, I mean, I didn't need. Like, <laughs> and the, funny, the funny thing is like, I... I like the album, but it's still like, like five songs too long. Yeah, and and that's what and that's why forty four forty four is so great. Like, we're not getting filler. Like, off of like the last I don't know, like, like the last like three or four J albums. Like, there's other than American Gangster. Like, there's there's like four or five songs from each album you can do without. Like, yeah. Especially like, Kingdom Come and Blueprint Three, yeah, yeah, like because even at the time, like at the time they came out, like there were there were you know decent songs that you know you like, you can you know you listen to and you're not thinking about it, but then once the age hits the music, then yeah. that's when it's like, yeah, I don't really need like Jay's verse on Run This Town, like like the funny like Run oh, This see, Town. See, I like this verse on Run This Town, but I am so biased. Go well, ahead. <laughs> like I mean, what when this town like, who has the best verse in the song? Now? Yay! And who has the phenomenal hook in the song? Now? Rihanna. Exactly. So I mean, would you think I rap for to push a fucking rap for? Like once once Jay heard that bar, he should have deleted his verses, gave us on it, Kanye, right. <laughs> and went about his day. Like. Oh, man, Speaking of but... Sprint Three, like what we talking about is like one of the weakest Jay Z album openers ever, and that's even over, um, what the very first song on Kingdom Come. It's not coming to me. What the title? Oh no, is. no, no! You didn't like the prelude on Kingdom Come? No, no, I, no! I, I mean the pre the prelude I thought was dope. I thought the lyrics were dope, but as far as it being an opening song, like the very first song you hear, I thought it was a little weak because it's like. But I mean, the way the album sequence it kind of builds itself up, especially with, um, with the actual Kingdom Come joint coming right right after that. No, no, he did. Oh my God, it was Oh my God, and, and then, then Kingdom Come. Yeah, then Kingdom Come, and then Show Me What You Got. So, 
I mean, I, I don't, I mean, for the intro, like when you first heard it, cause Jay was back from retirement, it was like, oh man, yeah, Jay's back. But then at, like, if I go back and listen to it now, it's like, man, this is so slow. And so, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, okay, I mean, yeah. it's a dope though. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. But what we talking about was forgettable for me from the very jump, other than him dissing Beanie a little bit. And that's yeah. the album didn't really start until Thank You for Me for Blueprint 3. Off the top. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because even, cause even looking at the track listing for Blueprint 3, it's like, I mean, yeah, there are definitely good songs on here that I like. But even for like a Star is Born, like, Jay got. I mean, he had too many verses on Stars Born. Like that like Which is that, a no ID song. Oh see. <laughs> well let's run this town. Oh uh, see. <laughs> see? Oh, oh, oh man. Oh wow. He did a lot of joints on here. He did Thank You, he did DOA, Run This Town, uh, Star is Born and Already Home was all no ID joints. And you wanna know some of the you wanna know the best songs on on Blueprint Three? Already oh, Home. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, they, I mean, he. I don't know. I guess no, the song on on that song on Blueprint Three. There's two of them. It's uh, definitely Reminder and Venus versus Mars. Even though they're both terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're kind of. Saint loves some deep album cuts off of uh, uh, Volume Three too, and will defend them to the death. Even though I have no business doing it. So. <laughs> oh man, but oh man, so. All right. Where were uh, we at? We were talking about 444, and then I started talking about other things. <laughs> well, yeah, because we were talking about how whether like, Jay was going to come back out, or if he, or, or main thing was without Lemonade, we don't get this album. Yeah, and I was saying that if if we get if we got another one, it would be like it'd be like um, his last albums when it's like you have decent music, but he has too much filler. Yeah. And so for 444, like you have no filler, like. There's no song that is wasted at all. And so we're talking about songs now. Even for a song like, I think, um, let me look at this song. Okay. Even a song like Smile. Which that, I, Smile has probably one of the dopest verses on the album, I feel like. The second yeah. verse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even a song like Smile, I, see, I keep interrupting you, man. I can't help it. <laughs> oh no, no! But I'm saying, uh, like, like a song like "Smile," like he like gives us this insight to his life, and he does it so casually, like right. The song about just, his mom's, like he said that I was like, whoa, whoa! But he just said his mom was gay, like out of nowhere. No, nobody knew that. No like, one knew that at all. Not a clue. He's because I, I, I dead ass remember. My my expression when I first heard, I was like, "He said his mom was a what?" This <laughs> is like, "He said his mom was a lesbian." Yeah, I, I, like I don't I don't like rewinding albums on the first listen, so I didn't. But I was like, "Okay, I gotta remember this song," and like that's just like a really like a really telling sort of like tribute to his mom that he put in this right. in this music, like. He said, "Mama had four kids, but she's a lesbian. Had to pretend so long that she's a lesbian. Had to hide in the closet so she can medicate. Society shame and the pain was too much to take. Like, damn, cry tears of joy when you fell in love. Don't matter to me if it's a him or her. Like, 
damn it, man. Like, I mean, he's 47 years old and his mother is just now getting to come out of the closet. I don't know how old Mrs. Carter is, Miss Carter is, but damn. Exactly. You want to talk about a story and a half. Yeah, man, like, oh, man, Hope really did this shit on this album, you know, like, because even because the funny thing is, like, even if it's your parent or, like, just, like, a sibling or your kids, like, that's the shit you want to say to them, like, I mean, because there's definitely still people, like, I mean, there's still people living in a closet today. Right. Like, and you think like 2017, like everyone's like so, like people want to tell you everyone's so liberal, so liberal, and everyone's like, you know, out and proud. But there's a lot of people that are hurting, and a lot of people that are ashamed to sort of admit like what their lives are and who they right. are. And so for him to say that about his moms in such a touching way, like I thought that was really wonderful. Yeah, I 100% love that. And then, and then spawning off of what you just said about everybody being so liberal and everybody being so accepting. And that brings us to the story of OJ, I think. Oh man. Now this, this is definitely monster lungs favorites on the album because when I said the kill Jay Z was, he was like, how are you going to say that story? OJ is the most important song Jay Z's career and, and everything. He, he was putting it over 444, which I didn't call him on that, but we'll have that discussion <laughs> soon. But the story of OJ, the first thing that grabbed me, was I I had been looking at that um the ESPN doc about the OJ trial. I can't remember what it was called. It was like the eight part series. Made, it, made, it made in America. America. Thank you. Oh, which ironically enough is the name of Jay Z's concert series, which is his headlining this summer. Yes. Um but I was at the I haven't seen the whole thing, but I was at the early years part and talking about OJ at USC. <coughs> Excuse me. And he this part where somebody asked OJ about being black and then he's like i'm not black i'm oj and then the pause the pregnant pause okay <laughs> oh man that's I'll what like e- even jay's inflection on okay when it's like okay you want to admit that okay that's how you feel okay like right see that's why like he understands that you can use your voice as a tool like like you can how you say it well a lot of rappers do but how you say the word really really matters like it does like the timing is perfect like he lets it linger like you think about like what he's saying and then he hits you with the head with okay like okay like oh man and then the eye roll in the actual video with his his cartoon is even better because, of course, he's holding the watermelon, his little Jabo character in the video. And then he's like, okay, and hits it with the eye roll. And it's like perfect, perfect inflection for that video, for that cartoon that he did. And yeah. this this song, coming from Jay-Z, this sounds like a, this sounds like a, 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 a dead press song. <laughs> this uh, well, feels, the hook does. The hook definitely does. Yeah. It, it feels very dead press. Who Jay Z actually worked with on the song "Hell Yeah," um, to interlude for no reason, but seriously, the blackest song of Ho's career says so much about about where he's at. And one of my my favorite bars on the song is where he's like, "I could have pulled a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. Same bill in the day is worth twenty five million. Guess how I'm feeling." 
Dumbo. Dumbo. <laughs> and it's like, it's just, it's just so much truth in this song. And I love the next line. You want to know what's more important than throw away money at the strip club? Credit. Credit. His old man hoes. Wish he was saying this about 16 years ago. Maybe I, my credit score would be a little better than it is now. <laughs> and when he he ain't looking out for me. He's looking out for the kids now. When he told us to stop buying throwback jerseys, he should have mentioned this line in there too. Right, right. Get some credit. Build your exactly. credit scores. I, I'll have to, if I if ever, when I come out with some new music, I got to make sure I put some game in there about building your credit. You got to, man. Hov is showing us the way, man. He's showing us the way. But this this whole song is just taking everybody to task because it's like, look, stop acting like racism ain't still a thing. Stop acting like we're not being treated different. Let's stop glossing over the fact that black men are out here getting killed by cops for next to no reason. Like, we need to acknowledge this. And at the end of the day, we still niggas, man. And yeah, and man. to hear that coming from Jay, not to not to say that Jay's ever been one of those up uppity rappers that to to say that he's he's better than us. I mean, he's always been about keeping it real and stuff in the hood. But I mean, to really get that pro black message from Jay, and I mean, I, I feel like that's another thing that speaks volumes about the direction this album took. Yeah, like this album, like just with the subject matter and like the, the soul samples, R&B samples, the, you know, the dance hall reggae sample on, on Bam, like this is definitely a black ass album. Like this is definitely like, uh, definitely heavy, heavy black album. And so I wrote, I like joked to my writer, I said, this should be called a black ass album. <laughs> like this album is definitely, um, black centric, and I mean anyone like I mean even if you're not black, like you definitely take away a lot from the music. But just just how the just how the album is like is definitely he's definitely coming from a black male point of view uh, specifically. Because even for a song like Moonlight, when he's like we're stuck in La La Land, even when, when we gonna lose, like. Uh, I mean, and I, I've talked about it on the on the on the show before about how mad that old Moonlight La La Land the Moonlight thing went because it's like Moonlight really won, but I mean, why why does it got to go down like that? I mean, obviously we we know what happened backstage now and all that bullshit, but I mean, yeah, but Moonlight won, but La La Land won first. Yeah, man, like. Um, the funny thing is, like, I was I was watching that whole award show, and it was so boring that I was like, I got to go to bed. And literally, like, twenty five minutes later, it all went down. Yeah, like, I turned it oh, on right man. as that happened. Like, I think I caught I caught Emma Stone winning, and I left it on for uh, almost that album of the year. Uh, <laughs> what do they call it? Movie of the year? I don't seem to sound uh, right. Best picture. Film of the year. Best, Best picture. picture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the line about what I look like drinking Belvedere when Puff got to rap, like, that's another thing. A lot of people have been pointing to that about him supporting black-owned black owned businesses. And and there's a lot of people that say, oh, this album's so black. And it's like, it is at points, especially the story of OJ, especially with those references about Moonlight and 
about um, Puff having to rock. But the the album just comes from this very, again, honest place that Jay hasn't visited. And I'm going to say the last time that Jay visited this place is it's a very, very underrated album cut from the Dynasty album. And it just so happens it's probably my, one of my top five Jay-Z songs ever. I named my album after this song because I love this out the song so much. It's a song called Soon You Understand from the Dynasty album. And on it, Jay tells three different stories. One, he's apologizing to his mother for for getting arrested or he's definitely going away. There's another another story on there that's not coming to me right off the top of my head. But the main thing that grabs me is the very first first is him apologizing to I, I, you're my best friend's sister, grown woman and all. Um, but you see how I am around girls. I ruin them all. Like just the way he comes off, it's only 16 bars, but even though he's kind of telling a story about why this woman shouldn't love me, why, um, he's like, I can't remember. He says something about something. Don't love me. Um, I can't remember. It's not coming to me, but the, the verse it's it's even if it's a little fabricated it feels very honest that jay actually was at a point where he's literally telling this woman that he's not right for her because he's no good and the way it's just the sample the just play sample comes out and the way jay's rhymes work with it it is one of my favorite jay-z songs and when i heard a lot of this album i felt like it came from that same place except even more real authentic like it wasn't so much fabrication this time which we obviously know oh yeah like because even i mean because jay's given us like just like sort of insights in the past of just sort of who he is for like um you must love me when because in the third verse you must love me he was talking about the girl that uh she basically volunteered to move dough for him and right. he he initially didn't want her to do it, but she kept persisting, and she did it, and she got she got caught doing it. Mm-hmm. And for a story like that, it's sort of like, I mean, maybe he did it. Maybe there actually really was a situation. Maybe it wasn't. So it's sort of like what I was saying before, like an artist can sort of like create these worlds when it's so vivid that you can potentially believe it, but you don't really know if it's the truth or not. Right. But, but for this album, like everything he's saying, like you're feeling that it's all true. Like there's no filter in what he's saying. Like one of the like on Twitter, I read someone basically was like, "This album is look is like looking into a host therapy session," which I mean, it is like you're getting like a lot of just sort of truthfulness from him. Hope could have really rapped about I took a walk and I landed on the moon. And you would have believed it. You would be like, wow, Hove has some moon gravity boots that we don't know about yet. <laughs> and so he landed on the moon with these walks. Like, right. That's and that, that's of, huge. Yeah, that's how sort of like open he was with like everything about this. One of my favorite uh, little known Jay-Z facts, unless you, you really pay attention, is on uh, the Mill song that came out in 99, 2000, For the Fam. Yeah, there, there's a bar on there about Jay saying he's gonna be a dad. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, Jay's gonna be a dad. That's so dope." And then a few months later, this can't be life comes out. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that one of the stillborns was 
there? Beyonce's? I mean... Considering how young she was then, and they didn't really hook up until, at least we think, 2002. I mean, it's only two years, though. I mean, because a lot of people speculated, like, if that was really her or not. Honestly, I've sort of, I mean, I've sort of been sort of... I've not. I mean, he he finally. I mean, not that we were looking from the cop to it, but he he mentioned stillborns, and I mean, this is the second time in his career he's done it. What if they're interlinked? Like, what if that's just nuts that he's he's finally breaking down seventeen years later and being like, "I'm sorry," and yeah. especially when he's at the height of his career and stuff and running around doing dirt, and he didn't even try to settle down with her until two to three years later. Yeah, because For the Fan was two thousand, uh, was two thousand. Right. So I don't really know when they first met or first hooked up or whatever. But and I mean, the time. <laughs> yeah, we 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 may never know because I mean Beyonce. I mean, she was mad young in those days, so oh, it's a little touchy. I don't know, but I think when de- they first came out, she was like maybe sixteen. That was like ninety seven. So. Ooh. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it, it might not be her. I might be speculating a little too much. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I, because the funny thing is, I remember people saying that, like, they thought it was, like, um, free from 106 and Park. <laughs> Do you I, remember I've heard that? that. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to look at Genius right now to see if there's any annotations about who we thought. Okay, wait a minute. There, there's a quote on here. Hold on. In 94, he was dating his ex-girlfriend, Stephanie, who he met in Virginia when he was at on the state moving drugs. Dated for five years from 91 to 96, with Hove living between her home in Virginia and his apartment at 560 State Street in Brooklyn. And then, uh, this might have been in the book, actually. It might have been in Decoded. This refers to something that happened to me around the time, 94, my girl five years ago got pregnant and lost a baby in a miscarriage. Okay, never mind. So he's talking about something that happened in the past. So that's not Beyonce. Well, okay, so the day like write that in um, Decoded? It it was from Decoded. It says in, uh, because it says, although it can be soon, Jay-Z sadly described the ending of a pregnancy announced months earlier on a Mills for the fam in 2010. uh, His book Decoded, Jay stated miscarriage reference here happened in 94. So so who knows what happened with that for the fam baby? It could be one of those, because I've heard rumors that Jay has kids out there that He's never claimed, of course, all the big artists have those. So oh, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, if he's saying this from 94, I'll take his word for it. But I mean, let's, I mean, like I said, I don't put anything past anyone. So, <laughs> no, nah, man, I can't, man, I can't. Um, so let's talk about Bam. Oh, I love that song, man. I love Bam is so good. It is. But before like, you get into it, I want to tell you what, what Matthew Chivalry Spencer said to me about this song. Right. And I was in total disagreeance. Because he, he sent me a, a, a picture showing that he was listening to 444. And I was like, oh, man, what did you think? Uh, and he said, let's see. What did he say? Um... Okay, he said, back to 444, because he's talking about it. He said, I was disappointed with Bam. First is sample one of my favorite old school songs, Sister Nancy's Bam Bam. Second, lyrics are hard to distinguish over the sample. Third, the flow was a little strange. 
And he said, fourth, I get adding Damian Marley, but he didn't sound right recreating the hook. The beat from Bam Bam would have been easy to crush for most any rapper, but felt Jay fell short. And I said, I could see that. I love the whole thing myself, but I'm severely biased. So with that in mind, what are your thoughts on Bam? I, sorry, Matt. Uh, I completely <laughs> disagree. <laughs> oh, Matt. I, I mean, it's not even, I mean, no, everyone doesn't need to agree on everything. So it's not even a diss I disagree with them. But yeah. yeah. Nah, man. Like, I love this song. The funny thing is, like, this is the, like, of all the songs on this album, this is the more sort of like, I don't know, like, the normal Jay Z. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, just sort of shit talking like Jay Z, but he's still giving you jewels, but at the same time it's sort of like I don't know. I, I love I love Bomb Bomb too. Like I love love that song. Yeah, and so then, do I. And then even with him like shouting out like Lauren at the end, like was this the was this the one well, he was shouting out Lauren? Oh no, that's Moonlight, that's Moonlight. Yeah, it's Moonlight. But this is still the Lauren Sample though. No, no, that's Moonlight still for myself. Yeah, it's still Moonlight. But no, <laughs> but no, like I like the Damian Marley like on this at the end. Like I thought that was really cool. Like I don't know. I thought this song was. I thought the song was good. Like I like I said earlier, I wanted to see the video for it, but I can't because I don't have a title. Um, I like the I like the Bobby Schmurda shout out. Like for right, some reason, Bobby Schmurda. Anybody like, you heard of? Yeah, yeah, like. Because even, cause even him, like, I'd be skipping leg day, I still run the world. Like, I mean, he's basically clowning people for making him a meme of his skinny legs. Like, right. that's hilarious to me. Like, oh, man. Or he's taking shots at Kanye for saying something about skipping leg day. Which uh, I've seen oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All chest, no legs. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's true, too, man. I mean, he could, um, I mean. This this song really breaks it breaks up the albums. Not to say there was monotony, but I mean it's it's nice to be like. And I think Jay felt it too because he's like, "Fuck all that pretty Sean Carter shit, nigga." Oh, yeah, because yeah. because one of the, one of the parts in the the song I thought was sort of funny. He was like, um, "Y'all be talking crazy on the Maji pitches." So when you get the hell, tell them Blanco sent you. Like that's actually a reference to some guy on Instagram. That like posts like classic like J pictures and his name is Tell him Blanco sent you. Oh really? Yes. Like, I had no idea. Yo, Hope just pays attention to the internet like any regular ass nigga, and I love Hope for that. <laughs> he uh, Hope knows he's see everybody thinks here, Jay is so out of touch, man. I guarantee Hope be sending out memes to his friends, and they they tired of it. <laughs> Hope, Hope knows all the means, y'all. I'm telling you. Wow, that that's awesome. See, and I just thought he was like he was taking that Biggie line too, but I had no idea. Well, yeah, it is because I mean it is the play of the Biggie line though. So yep, niggas bleed. Yeah. So and this is definitely a niggas bleed type song. Yeah. <laughs> yes, man. Oh man. I pulled out the pot when I had no options. I that messed that up. But man, like the way the way he ends his verse with that is like he's like, Look, I mean, y'all y'all out here wanting to do all this and live his trap life and his D boy life and he's like, Look, I had no other choice. He's like, Y'all out here, some of y'all got money in the bank already from your parents. Y'all with silver spoons and y'all wanna go deal drugs and shit. Like I don't get that. 
uh, too much chatty, chatty, chatty. Like, yes. Uh, like, Danny Marley killed that hook in that the um the outro that he did. Like, I thought it was dope. Like, well, I'm in love with that. I'm in love with that beat. So, yes. Like, it he is a flip of of a, a very familiar sample, hundred percent. So he, I think he did justice. Like, I mean, if you like, if you want to make the argument that like. Uh, for the album, this is the most. This is like the least sort of like um, introspective song. Like, definitely, like that's yeah, that's not even hands down. But like, I thought this is probably the most the funnest song, and so an album that's like weighted down by like a lot of sort of a lot of like realness and sort of a lot of like um, just sort of personal stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think him adding this add, definitely adds levity to the album. And I, I definitely, it's played so well on the album. Cause it does. Cause family feud is great because family feud is like, it's a real upbeat song and it's like, Oh, B singing on it. So it's like, it's like, okay, she came, came in like right after 444 and is singing on the joint. And then it's like, and all of a sudden you get this hard ass record in the middle of it. And it's like, it's, it's just so perfectly sequenced. Yes. Like that's, yes, absolutely. Like, I mean, cause you get sort of, you definitely get like, you get 444 a song and you're like, you're like, wow. Like you're thinking about blue. You're thinking about the twins, thinking about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And you, you do need sort of like a break from just from like the gravity of like everything that's going on. And that family few comes on. The beat is engaging and it's warm and it's a good beat. And then Jazz like my wife feeding my wife my wife in the crib feeding kids liquid gold. Like he definitely he definitely knew how to handle the beat. Yeah. Handle, like the lyrics, like and no ID I don't know if it was his idea or no ID's idea to follow four forty four with Family Feud, then bomb, but they definitely got it right on that one. Like, yeah, the the whole album start to finish. There's nothing that feels out of place. Like this, we talked about how badly sequenced uh, views is. Like this is the opposite of views. Oh, like, definitely. Especially because again, it's not super long either. Like, yeah. a, I mean, a 47 year old knows how to sequence an album better than the the hottest rapper in the game. Like, yeah. less is more sometimes, man. And he's out here doing 25 songs, song playlist. And then Jay's like, here's 10 burners. Here you go. Yeah, man. You don't need to, you don't need to stretch it out more than it needs to. Like, it's, it doesn't need to. And like, because <laughs> even, like, even, even you'll get an effect, like, you'll get 444 the song. And then the next song you'll get Jay saying, yeah, I'll fuck up a thing if you, if you let me. Leave me alone, Becky. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. Like for, for him to say that I was like, like because the last song you're definitely not laughing, but nope. he'll give you he'll give you a ball where you'll like curl up and laugh. And there are the no bad Jay Z bars in this album. There's some suspect bars all over Magna Carta. Yeah. Um. For for Jay, and yeah. even in Blueprint Three, American Gangster, Kingdom Come, there was suspect bars. Where it's like, did he really say that? Like the the Molly Cyrus swat swat. Oh my God, Miley Cyrus twerking line still gets a lot of shit. You know, I thought it was funny as hell when he dropped it because yeah. that's exactly what she was doing at that time. But there's no point on this album where it's like he where you want to roll your eyes. It's something he says. Definitely, definitely. Like 
He doesn't. He doesn't waste anything. Like it's mm-hmm. maximum efficiency. No. So speaking of maximum efficiency, let's just go ahead and talk about. Uh, we already talked a little about fa- Family Feud. A little you did, and again, I'm a big fan of that song, especially I've come off 444 and how cold and bleak and vulnerable you feel. Then it's like, look, this happened. But today's a new day. And then he launches in the family feud, which is more about like, look, everybody fights. Everybody's going to argue and bicker. There's there's always going to be new niggas trying to come take the old niggas spots, talking about life and talking about rap, how a lot of people don't like myself, don't fuck with mumble rap and what's popular with the kids today. But he's like, let them have that. Like you like you should embrace the fact that they're carrying along the culture. Whether you agree with it is one thing, but look, we're all still a part of the same thing. We're all in hip-hop together. So it's real important that we are reaching out to these young thugs and little yachties of the world, no matter how terrible they are, because they're still pushing hip-hop is a thing. I'm 47 years old. I'm on my way out. I should have been out the door years ago, but here I am still rapping. But at the same time... I acknowledge these dudes just like he did on Twitter right before the songwriters or the day of the songwriters hall of fame when he got inducted. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause even with, even with just hip hop in general, like there's room for everything. Like there's room for levity in music. There's room for like playfulness in music. Like, I mean, there's room for drug music. Like, I mean, even beyond just rap music, like there's, you know, drug music out there like that everyone fucks with and uh, no one wants to criticize. But I mean, I think we can have like people like Yachty and like Young Thug. I I don't really like Young Thug, honestly, and I don't necessarily like um, Yachty, but I mean, there's some newer cats that like I would fuck with anyway. And I mean, they're definitely not the level of Jay or even level of like even Drake yet. I mean, but they got to, you know, find their own way and they got to, you know, make their own lane. Like, and that's sort of like, it's sort of interesting that like, this is Jay's 13th album and he's pushing 50. And at the last song, like you have a song like Legacy, where it's basically like him, the first verse is him like making a will, like dispersed to his whole family. Yeah. And going back to earlier, we were talking about like, yeah, like a 19 year old is not going to know the importance of that type of song and they may not even necessarily understand it but these kids and music really need to focus on actual music and creating a legacy for themselves because i mean there's gonna be there's like tons of artists that they'll get a hit record and then you're not going to even think about these people in like three years like no when was the last time you thought of trinidad james like, uh, aside from me looking at clapping for the wrong reasons not too long ago, that Childish Gambino little short film, uh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, like no one's no one's worried about all go and everything anymore. Like no one's gonna be pumping that. Like, cause even I, I don't even know if like Yachty like people are people really gonna care about broccoli like three years from now. Right. Yeah, and so there's like, so much music that I listen to, like. Like so, like even let's say five, no, not five. Let's say, let's say, good eight years ago, there there was songs and albums out that I loved to death, and I was like, man, I love it. I'm like listening to it all the time, and then I look back, 
And then I run across one of the songs and I'm like, I haven't listened to this in eight years. It's like in that moment when it was out, I was all about it. But now it's like, why didn't I ever come back to it? So I 100% agree and see what you're coming from. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I wish like, you know, kids would sort of had a sort of long-term outlook, but I mean, they're still kids. So it's really hard to sort of like think about, it's really, it's really hard for them to think about that. Like, cause even like, okay. In your example, like, let's say like 2009, like the hit song was like best ever had from Drake. Right. But then you also have like, you're a jerk from the new boys. Right. Which is, which if you went to like a nightclub, like you heard that terrible fucking song, you're a jerk. Like I, I always hated that song, but it was always out. But no one's singing about them kids anymore. Sorry to say. I hope they are doing well in their lives, but no one's singing about that shit. How about uh, Pop Champagne? No one's even thinking about uh, Jim Jones anymore. Right. And I love... Like, oh, my God. I, Other than I him love... doing that Flex interview. Oh, yeah. Like, out of oh, nowhere. Yeah, he, 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 he kept it real in that one. Yeah. But I, I love Dipset. Like, I love, like... That like two thousand like it was two thousand two to like two thousand seven era seven era seven, yeah seven, yeah eight era because I mean you even had like Jewels having like single hits mm-hmm. what the game's been missing yeah yeah and then Jim Jones had like um he had an album out every summer yeah like he had like some with Miami he had uh Pimps, all in the course. Yeah, he had um, the Pimps Up, Hose Down, song with Max B. That song was so hard, yeah, with the Stop Stitching t-shirts. Yeah, like, oh, man, Jim had it. Did I have a Stop Stitching t-shirt? No, no. Hip uh, West had a Stop Stitching t-shirt. I didn't get one. I Uh, I was definitely going to. I had a Diplomats t-shirt, though. Oh, see, I I had the black joints with the red letters. I wanted to stop snitching the shirt. Girl. I did. I, that's how much of a misguided you I was, but right. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that's the thing because, I mean, Jim Jones, like, even going back to the point, Jim Jones, like, he had hit records then, but how many people are still playing Pop Champagne now? Nobody. Like, I play, like, I listen to, like, like the classic Dipset records, mm-hmm. but, like, how many people are still checking for new Joel Santana for real, for real? I've so, tried to. It's not the same. He disappeared on me, man. And I was biggest champ. I had championed Joel's for years, especially after the game's been missing. I'm like, he's right there. Like game's been missing is so dope. He's, he's about to drop a classic and then it never came, man. Yeah, man. Like we have all these, we have like a lot of artists that had it, that had a wave, like that had a spark mm-hmm. and then that was it. And so that's why, like, person like Jay or like Common or like Snoop or like Nas, even Nas, yeah, Scarface, Scarface, like, yeah, that's they've true. like they've been making music for so long that they're definitely the exception. They're not the rule, but we need to be making these kids actual artists that can sustain. Like, because even if like even if it's a wave of like. I don't know, like five, six, seven years. Like that's more than like a lot of other people like are burning out. Like, cause the funny, even thing on a song like um, 
uh, yeah, I got that swag. Like that mm-hmm. song, that song was a hit when we were in school. It disappeared and it like reappeared like black graduations like two years ago. Right. But like no one's checking for them kids. Swag like, surfing. Yeah, no one like no one's going to a concert to do that. Like, and so like someone like Drake and definitely someone like Kendrick Lamar, like they're creating lanes that they have actual sustainability. When like, because we were talking about two thousand nine, Drake ever like best ever had like, like Drake's been doing this since two thousand nine, and it's he's about to have like a ten year career of good music. Kendrick, it's insane, yeah. Kendrick is going strong. Like J Cole is starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like Wale's doing it. Yeah, Wale's definitely doing that. And like, I want to see someone like Schoolboy Q do that too. Like, I want to see, like, I like Future, but, I mean, I don't really know how much longer of a run Future actually has. Like, I mean, Future Future's mixtape run was impressive, but I don't know what else he's going to bring to the table within, like, right. the next two years. Because, I mean, he gives us basically drug, like, I don't do drugs, but he basically <laughs> makes music while he's on drugs. And so, do I really want Future to be drinking codeine like in two uh, in two more months? Even like I w- I have the same feeling about the weekend too, though, because the the weekend does the same shit now, apparently. Yeah, like I mean, because the weekend weekends like early music was like really heavy, like in the drug music, like yeah, like <laughs> I'll get weekends music was so wild. He has a song that he's so high that he isn't even enjoying sex with a woman, but he's still going to have it anyway because it's he's sex. the weekend. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, and like, do I really want able to be singing about cocaine in like another year or two? Right. Like, I don't, I don't really want that. Like, so I don't know. Like, cause even going back to like, like Jay-Z making legacy, like Jay-Z has a legacy, but he's had a legacy for a long ass time too. Yeah. Definitely, but who's gonna be the next like group of people after Drake and after Kendrick that are really gonna have a legacy? And that's yet to be told. Like, yeah, I mean, there there are no seeds out there that feels like this is gonna be around for a while. I mean, yeah, like I so far, so far I feel that, but I still definitely check for independent music. I definitely mm-hmm. check for like young kids coming up. Like, I mean, but. At the same time, like, I mean, I can see someone like Chance. Chance is still relatively young. Yeah. Chance Chance is that. I forgot about Chance. How dare I? Uh, As much as I I love Caroline Brooke right now and everything Chance is doing, and the fact that he apparently saved SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) He rescued SoundCloud from the clutches of hell, man. Yeah. yeah, So, so. So we have Chance. Chance is our one chance at this moment. Yeah, I mean, chance is a chance. Chance is a chance. <laughs> and we we act like Kendrick or Drake or or uh, or J Cole or any of them is going to go away anytime soon. But we're just talking about strictly what new people that's coming out and it's going to be like, look, I, I see a lot of potential in this kid. Yeah, and so I'm definitely on the lookout for that. Like, if I if I hear like a song that's popular, like I'll check out the song, I'll check out the album, see what it's like. Like, even for like Isaiah Rashad, like. He he signed with TDE and 
he has like an underground following and he makes really good music, but I want to see if he can really like turn that music into like a sustainable career where yeah. he actually has like 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 classic albums under his belt and he has like I don't I don't, I don't care if he has like hit records, but I want to see if he can make like a record that's going to resonate with a lot of people on like a big scale and. Yeah, like I, I want to see like new artists have it, like, because even for someone like I know you don't necessarily like Big Crit. I I like Big Crit a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't really know that he's gonna have like national appeal. Like he definitely has another underground following. He makes like critically acclaimed music, and I'm gonna fuck with him for rest of his career. But I want to know like, is he gonna? Can he make enough music to where? He's gonna get a lot of people to notice him, and he's gonna make a lot of people respect his name. Right. So I w- I hope that that definitely happens for the young kid. And like I said before, Schoolboy Q, like I love Schoolboy Q heavy. I hope he does it like ASAP Ferg, ASAP Rocky. Like it's still like young kids that you know they have they have the shot and they have the talent. They just gotta turn the corner, man. Yeah. And that's the most difficult part, especially with. That I think I think the industry's kind of leveling out now with with streaming. I think people are starting to be like, okay, this is the format because for at least the past five years, it's been up in the air where it was going from like from like download like we went from rings. Well, shit, five years, twenty twelve. So we we came out of ringtones and then we were dealing with digital downloads and how you get your music and then I I or Apple. Um, iTunes was the only way to get your music online, really. And then you start having the rise of the other streaming services. And now we're at the streaming wars portion of the program where it's either you're with this person or, or like with this company or with this company. Or if you're not, then you're on both. And I, I, I feel like we are, we're going to see within the next year, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Hot take. Here we go. My hot take here is... I feel like there will be somebody who steps up and really gets attention in hip hop that is not on our radar that we will that could potentially be the next person to take the baton and really run with it as far as legacy goes. So I said it on July now 17th, 2017. So I say within the next year we're going to see somebody that we all look at and be like, "Yeah, he, he's he's got the juice." Let's see what he does. I hope so, man. Like, I mean, because we we may be even getting to a point where there's so much music out there that there may be artists that don't even care if they have like a hit record. Mm-hmm. Like, because even think of someone like Earl Sweatshirt. Like, he can rap his fucking ass off. Yes, I, he can. I know he will never have a popular song in his entire career, and he doesn't want one. Yeah, he doesn't even need one. That's the whole thing. Like, no, he can make. He can make dark, thoughtful, intelligent, boom bap rap ass music, and I'll love him for it. But he won't have he won't have like a pop smash like ever, unless it's on a Tyler song. But right, but I think maybe that's maybe that's where the maybe that's where the game was going. Like maybe guys like him going back crib, underground. Yeah, like they'll they'll cater to their audience. They'll tour the country. They'll have a sustainable career, a sustainable legacy, 
but it may not be on the mainstream impact like Drake is or Kendrick is. Right. Because, I mean, it feels like, the way it feels like, I don't know what, it's really hard to sort of see, like, what rapper is going to be as big as Drake, like, going forward. Because Drake is big. Like, Drake, Drake is so big that he's basically operating in pop music spaces. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, and so, like, we we know that Kendrick is big, because Kendrick is basically the sort of like an equivalent test for like for basic people to say if you listen to rap mm-hmm. because if if you, if you notice like I think we're getting to a point now and if you like run into someone and they talk to you about music they say oh you like rap music the one of the first questions they may ask you is oh you like Kendrick Lamar like that's what we're getting with Kendrick. But like Drake is operating in both worlds, like, but his pop music is taking him places where his rap music probably wouldn't have. Because I mean, his to the best of my knowledge, his most popular rap song is still best I ever had. Mm-hmm. But Hotline Bling lapped that song as far as popularity with ease. And yes, he's he gonna did. he's gonna keep making these pop records. That's going to get him to blow and to make more money, gain more notoriety. But on his album, he's still going to have like free smoke and he's still going to have like these rap records that are going to slice your head off. But he's going to let the pop songs take him to the places where free smoke won't take him. So, so going forward, like I think that's going to be Drake's legacy. I think he's going to be, I think in the end, we look at, I mean, it's basically the debate between like, you know, Kendrick and Drake. I think Drake's legacy is going to be a guy who was vastly popular, but it wasn't for his rap. It wasn't mostly for his rap. And when you're looking at the rapper, you're thinking to yourself, that's what you want from your rapper. But I don't think he's ever going to have a, a rap song that is that has been big as Hotline Bling. No, absolutely not. Now, to transition to what what I had said about uh, rap going back to the underground, possibly. Would you uh, say that 444 is an underground record? Because I just thought about it, and I feel like this whole thing is super underground and so anti-everything Jay-Z has done in his whole career. I mean, well, if you look at the traits of an underground album, it probably is. Like, one, there's no real commercial song. Right. So there's no song that you're going to like really hear on the radio like that. Bam like, is the closest one. But that, even that, that's a, that is such a violent song. It really you're, is. You're, yes. not gonna, you're not really hear Bam on like um, 102 WVAQ. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like you would never hear it on that. So I mean, it checks that box. Um, as far as the sampling, like the heavy samples, it checks that box too. Um, the only, I mean, the only reason it's not, it wouldn't be underground just for the popularity of it, but mm-hmm. it's popular because it's Jay Z, and like if if this was made by old rapper X, okay, <laughs> let, let's say this is this a uh, little rapper X's dad. Yeah, definitely. Okay, is. this is big, cool. <laughs> his big dad. So um, even if it's like to say for a Killer Mike album, let's say Killer Mike made this album, it's oh, not. Wow. Like, it's not even. I don't even think this album would even pass gold. No, and that's not. And that's no. That's I no fault. It wouldn't get mind. listened to. It'd be just like what was that album that that 
Killer Mike did right before he got with LP. Um, he, he was doing the Pledge series. Yeah, and then he had uh, when he it was the first album he worked with LP on. I think it was literally called like rap music or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was R A P rap music. Yeah. Yep. And, and so yeah, so he would be that. Killer, Killer Mike wasn't. Um, he wasn't even going silver <laughs> like like. Oh. Killer, I God bless Killer Mike. I love Killer Mike, but he wasn't doing no numbers like. And I, I mean that's. I mean that's the. I mean, that's the sort of whole thing about establishing a legacy. Like, that's going to be Killer Mike's legacy. Like, he is a guy who was with Outkast. He was on a hit record with Outkast. And then his career was left for dead, essentially. And then he he kept fighting, kept making music. And he caught a, he caught a massive, massive wave. And he made three great albums in a row. Well, actually... I mean the rap music album. I've listened to it, but it's, it's it was critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And the pledge series that was acclaimed, but again, that's all underground acclaim. Super so, underground, yeah. Like yeah. that's not right uh, only kind of underground. Yeah, and so now we run the jewels, and that like he's in, he's getting product placement like the NBA Finals, and we're talking about Baby Driver earlier. He has a he has a song with Big Boy on the Baby Tra- Driver soundtrack mm-hmm. that they played the video for the song before the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, so That's dope. I mean, yeah, so he's elevated in the spaces that there's no way that like he would ever even thought of, and so that's the whole thing about creating the legacy. Like he is establishing himself to be this generation of rappers. I mean, he's not, you know, age, but when we're looking back over the last, like, five years from now, like, like he's created a lane for himself where he's definitely considered, and he should be considered, like, one of the best rappers out of this time period. 100%. Yeah. So that leaves one song on here that we haven't really talked about, and that yeah. would be... Oh, before before we get to before we get to that song, I know you're talking yeah. about Marcy Me. Oh Actually, wait, the, yeah, that was Marcy Me. I was yeah. thinking it was uh, caught their eyes, but we did talk about caught their eyes. Yeah, Legacy. I I say I don't have a favorite song on Legacy on the album, but I think my favorite verse from the album is the second verse from Legacy. Yes, because I related to that a lot. Like when he was like, um. He was talking about the preacher. He was oh, well, that was his grandfather. And mm-hmm. He was like, he was preaching on Sundays versus how he was living on Mondays. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about. But we see a lot of these like phony preachers out here, like especially not, in, especially in uh, our neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah, like the fight, like. I remember a couple But you know, years that's ago. in all neighborhoods almost. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, well, no, like, no, I was about to say that. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, there was this VH1 reality show about these millionaire preachers. And these are preachers yeah. driving Lamborghinis. Like, what the fuck is a preacher doing getting money that he can have a Lamborghini and live comfortably with his life? Like, there's, like, there's no way that, like, he's like taking money from 
Like, there's no way he should be allowed to take money in that sort of quantity from, like, his followers. Like, that's utterly ridiculous. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's really, really is ridiculous how, like, a lot of, a lot of preachers can operate in that sort of space and get away with it. And I definitely saw that a lot, like, coming up in life. Like, I saw the contradictions. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw a lot of people just not living, like, their right lives and they're scheming off religion. And I, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm being like anti-religion or anything, right? Because I, I've definitely seen people to use religion to make their lives like better. But I've seen a lot of people to use religion to fill their pockets. And that, sh- like, when Jay rapped that shit, I was like, I feel you. I mm-hmm. fucking feel you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that that was another line that really hit home too. Because yeah, I mean that that's one of the problems I've always had with organized religion is like how are we profiting off of something that big? So yeah. Definitely feel you there. Yeah, man. So that, that leaves Marcy Me, man, which uh, brings us to our our dream feature on the album. <laughs> yeah, I, I shout out Beyonce. I gotta shout out the dream. Like I've loved the dream. Like I love the dream since his first album and like his career. His, he's had a hell of a career he has man like dream's career is actually underrated like yeah dream, we were talking earlier about like people need to like step into their history like we need dream to talk about these hit records like he's writing all the hit records at one point so shout out to the dream he actually did an interview with genius where he he was going kind of talking about some of the hit records a little bit like he didn't go into depth about everything but there was some joints and they were just asking about all right so so how did this come together and then and every it was like an hour-long interview it's super it's super dope i actually put it on my website uh if you want to find it on there but it's just literally um Mar- rob markman sat down with him uh so cool. it's a super cool interview nice yeah man like this you definitely marcy me you're definitely getting like that swag creative like braggadocious jay-z like Oh man, my favorite, my favorite line. I hold the Uzi vertical, let the thing smoke. Y'all be flirting with death. I be winking through the scope. Like that's 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 blueprint era Jay Z. Yes, all over. That is like that is definitely two thousand and one Jay. All uh, over it. I mean, not only did he drop the little Uzi vert reference, but then he completely flipped it and and made it a gun reference, and then. The double entendre came in. It's so ill how he how he flipped it. He does, man. Like I, I really love his song. Like, I mean, the um, <laughs> I start on lobbies now. I poly with Saudis. I'm a Sufi the Goofies. I could probably speak far. I could probably speak Farsi. Like, <laughs> come on, Jay. Like, <laughs> come on, Jay. <laughs> like, come on, dog. This shit is so good, man. right? Right, and I mean. This this definitely this not only did uh that line but a lot of this if there ever needed to be official submit put on the career of Jay Z and what like what can he do and if anybody questions well, who Jay Z is and what Jay Z's done throughout his career and like if anybody looks back in the past ten years and been like oh well. Jay hasn't sounded that dope in the past 10 years. Like, this is a definitive album, was a definitive answer to a lot of critics about whether Jay still had it or not. 
And man. with lines like that, I mean, there's nobody in the game who who can touch that. Drake would would kill to have Jay write that line for him so he could say it. Oh, <laughs> I saw what you did. I saw what you did. <laughs> Ghostwriter. Oh, man. And for the right price, I can even make your shit tighter. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I mean, he probably could. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, because even the funny thing is, this is really a perfect setup to the legacy song because mm-hmm. he's definitely talking about he was like um, cooking coke in the kitchen, back when Robin was a piston. Like, jeez. Oh, that, that's man. Marcy Me is the beginning of the career and the beginning of of Jay Z to hustling and Marcy, and then Legacy is like where where I ended up at the end of the day when I'm gone. This is what's yeah. left of me. It's it's a nice little two part story to end the album with. Definitely, man. Like uh, sequencing, <laughs> it goes. I can sequencing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, because this song, like, just the one two combination of those songs in the album, like, man, like they really, really did a great job with this album. Like, that's I I think I legit think this is his best album since Blueprint. Yes, and American Gangster easily. It is like the funny thing is, if you think about, I think the top five J albums are Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint, Four Forty Four, American Gangster, and Black Album. And if you notice, like all those five albums, if you compare it to the other albums, those five albums are all really sort of whole flowing on like heavy soul samples yeah and like introspective jay and like reflective jay and like that that is the apex jay-z like that is the best jay-z you're gonna get so you put 444 over american gangster which makes sense and I, black album i think 444 is the third best jay-z album so black album though like I feel like that is the closest Jay came to making a perfect album since Reasonable Doubt. I wouldn't put it over Blueprint, but I feel like it's up there. The funny thing, I actually like American Gangster more than Four Forty Four. I'm sorry, I like American Gangster more than Black Album. Honestly, like it just I, like the Wayne it, feature. It it kills it. It, it immediately oh, takes man. it down so oh, hard. Oh man, it was not bad. It, it was, was bad. Oh, <laughs> it was bad, Marcus. Come on now. Oh. Come on. I mean, especially I, I, I can't remember if we got Carter three or if we got this first. I think we got Carter three first. We get Mister Carter, and it's like, oh man, like they got another songs coming out, and then you listen to, uh, whatever that joint was called, and then it was like, it was it was trash, man. It I mean, hell, I mean, hell, hello, I say, 2.0. Hello, Brooklyn. Yeah. How you doing? Come well, on, Marcus. Well, that, well, that's well, that's definitely the worst song in the album. But if that's the worst song in the album, okay, you, I can live with that. But think about success with Nas. It's and the like, best. It's the, the best Nas and Jay Z collabo. Yes, easily. Like the the church organs on that song, like in the 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 uh, movie sample. Oh my god, it's, that song is epic. And then the Blue Magic, like that for Blue Magic's a, like a top fifteen Jay Z record. And nobody oh, nobody man. gives it credit. Nobody gives it credit makes me so mad. 
like oh it's not that good and like have you not listened to the damn thing like seriously nah, that, coming off of freaking all... kingdom come we get this hard ass d-boy jay-z out of nowhere like that's all thanks to denzel like come on man and then even the, the american gangster the last song on the album like mm-hmm. tell you like i'm telling you i i well for people the, the funny thing is i personally think american gangster is better but black album i know what black album means to a lot of people so i'm i don't necessarily get mad if people say black album is better i prefer american gangster more but I would say if you still have those in his top five, then you're, you're doing it right anyway. I'm looking at I'm looking at this track list though, and then I'm like, I'm kind of wanting to agree with you, because the may let me let me go to Black Album because I gotta look at his track list, because I gotta think of the first thing that jumps to mind of what makes the Black Album terrible, and I'm not gonna say Change Clothes because I fuck with Change Clothes. Oh, that's Lord's <laughs> threat. Okay, come on, a little uh, threat. Just no, 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 no. Just find my thug, thug is, is the yeah. point. Yeah, but just, just find my thug worse than Brooklyn 2.0? No. And change know, clothes. Man. It kind of is. It kind of is, man. The, th- the thing that says Justify My Thug, yeah, the, the Madonna rip is terrible. The thing I fuck with on Justify My Thug is, is, is coming right off of public service announcement, man. Like it was the perfect perfect segue. That's... And then the, the bars are dope on that whole joint, though, man. I don't know. It's like you get a steak and then the side dish is like mushy carrots. Like, uh, just, public service officer is a beautifully cooked steak. Then you look at the plate and it's like the burnt mushy carrots that look like a uh, uh, puddle of orange water. Just dust for my thugs right there. Like, but, uh, but then again, if, if, Public Justify My Thug is bad enough where somebody would turn off the album after listening, hearing Justify My Thug after public service announcement, which would cause them to miss Lucifer Allure, which is a top 10 Jay-Z song, and My First Song, which is one of Jay's underrated songs of all time. So the fact that someone would turn off the album and miss those three songs kind of pisses me off. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? You know, the funny thing is, I actually don't think they would, but because Hello Brooklyn is so early in the album that you may not want to listen to the rest of American Gangster. So that would take more points off American Gangster for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess they're interchangeable at best. They're like Neptune and Pluto when Pluto was a planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, okay. So what are your, so that's my top five, Jay. What are your top five Jay albums? Reasonable. Blueprint. Yep. Um. God, the Black Album is so special to me. <laughs> it really is. Like, I feel like Black Album gets more credit because of the time period it took place in, and it supposedly being his last album, and then having Fade to Black on top of that. It, and it does. It and does. It be it, it Fade to Black is like. LeBron James in when LeBron James beat the Thunder is it, it, that's kind of what I see fade to black. It's like peak 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 J Powers easy win. It's kind of like when Jordan and the Bulls got I don't know got old ass Lakers and then Phil figured out to put Scotty on Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, 
I, I gotta still put Black Album third, and then uh, then four forty four and American Gangster. All right. Well, I There's mean the top that creeps in because Blueprint two um is way too long. Even two point one is not that doesn't even count. Uh, <laughs> volume one is super good. Other than all the the trashy singles, Volume two barely has Jay on it. I feel like Volume three, like another play album that holds a warm place in my heart but i i wouldn't say that it's in the contention dynasty it misses a lot of jay and then that's it everything else is collabo albums <laughs> oh and magna carta and Ma- magna carta is is at the bottom near kingdom come so but that's the thing like i mean because even because even jay misses there's still music you can take from it that is really really good like because even for like magna carta like I mean, Oceans is like a really, really, really good Jay Z song for me. And I don't like it. You don't like Oceans? No. Oh no. I don't was... like. Oh no, baby, what is you doing? No, I don't. I don't like Oceans. Uh, I don't like Oceans. That was supposed. But to see, be I on... fuck with. I fuck with. Fuck up the world. I fuck with that one. Crown is dope. I hate heaven. Versus is cool because it's barely a minute. I really like On the Run, which I have no business liking. And then, uh, well, that's the best Jay. That's a that is the best Jay and Beyonce song. Song, yeah. Glad you agree with that. Uh, La Familia is really bad. Yeah, BBC is really bad. Yeah, not Nas tries to save it, but there's nothing he can do. Um, Beach is better is great, but I don't, I don't know what I would do if I hear a full. Uh, if I heard the full version of Beach is Better, if they actually put out like a three-minute version, I don't think I'd like it. Um, did you know there is a Japan bonus track of on Magna Carta Holy Grail? And guess what it's called? Guess what it's called, Marcus? Uh, cheesy. Hy- no. It, it's called Hyphen Hater. <laughs> no, it's not. It's produced by Timbaland. I'm not shitting you. It says it's a Japanese bonus track, it, and it's called Hyphen Hater. I'm this, Googling this right now to see if somehow it's sitting right there on YouTube. It says BDC. I don't even know if that's the right one. Okay, it's on Genius. Is this song as bad as I think it is? Oh, my God. I feel like my whole life is ruined right now. Hyphen Hater. Oh, I got I to give you some of these bars. Here we go. Release date September 1, 2014. So this is a came out way after Magna Carta. I'm a hyphen hater. If you are in between my words, I'll see you later. Because I'm a hyphen hater. You are silent when I speak, but I see you on paper. You are higher than an underscore, but no more. To me, your dead is Latin. I can't even hear you when I'm chatting. What in the world? And then just so you know that you're still listening to Jay-Z, he says, Z comes after Y. We all know that. So why did you have to get involved like some big men that was there something wrong with my grammar? Well, now it don't matter. My name is four letters split by the button, which is fatter. What in the world is this? It's one verse. It's one verse. This has to be a a freestyle, yo. Oh, my God. Like, there's no annotations or anything on this. It's literally a song called Hyphen Hater. My my light. Uh, this episode has to be called Hyphen Hater now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Four forty four BKA Hyphen Hater. Oh, oh. Hove. 
and then he brought the hyphen back. He did. He brought it back. <laughs> I was he's so no, so pumped when I saw that too. He's no longer a hyphen hater. Like what in the world? Oh man, this is terrible. I'm reading the lyrics. This shit is terrible. Like there's there's a new journey on the horizon. Go enjoy life by saying hi, fun. <laughs> this has to be a. Because the YouTube rip says it's a radio freestyle, but oh, oh my god! Um, I hope this is a radio freestyle from like '92. Wow. The the double entendre for high fun. Oh my god, this shit is terrible. <laughs> okay, maybe I think Andre is a better rapper now. <laughs> this is bad. Oh, uh, Wow, I'm so sad. After everything we just said good about Jay Z, I think that that might be our stopping point on 4:44, considering we've done it for two for two hours at this point. The bonus cuts on Magna Carta. <laughs> Told you Magna Carta was trash. Didn't oh man, oh man, that's a terrible thing. Ah, uh, and and also Magna Carta, I feel like I I feel like Holy Grail is like three minutes too long. That's mostly just Timberlake singing on it too. Yeah. I yeah. didn't like him on that song. I, I like I Tom Ford and Picasso, Baby and Fuck With Me, You Know You Got It, which was originally a Rick Ross track. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I still put it at the bottom, man, and I don't like Oceans. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oceans is a good-ass song, man. I mean, well, that was that was a song that would have been on um, Watch the Throne, but... Mm-hmm. Kanye that and really uh, wanted it. that and Holy Grail. I wonder uh, if Holy Grail had Justin Timberlake on originally. I bet you it was uh, Frank Ocean. Is his name? On, no, I bet you it was the Dream because the Dream's on the credits, and I bet you. Oh yeah, if, the Dream if, sang it first. Yeah, if Dream wrote it, Dream got the reference track somewhere. Yeah, which actually be pretty cool if it, if that actually leaked. I wouldn't be surprised if it's already out there somewhere. So we've been at this two hours, man. You do you want to talk about a little Spider Man before we get off here? Oh uh, well, yes, definitely. Well, actually, you're the Spider Man man. You love Spider Man. It's <laughs> like I love Jay Z. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> my favorites. Now I saw Spider Man the weekend it came out. Um, I saw Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft House nice. is, is for those who don't know. They basically like basically like great seats like great comfortable seats they serve you food and drink like while you're in the movie watching mm-hmm. the movie and i had like a three meat personal pizza and it was phenomenal <laughs> the, the movie was really really good like um they i mean because even in civil war you can tell they picked a good kid to play spider-man but yeah and tom holland yep yeah, but they amplified like, and they definitely really, really did a really, really good job with the Spider Man. I, I love it a lot. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of the, I wasn't a fan of Tobey Maguire as Spider Man at all, man. Like, I remember being in a the movie theater, and Spider Man Three happened, and then like, <laughs> he he went emo, and then I laughed. I laughed at like how ridiculous it was. Cause it was a it was a scene when he like is walking by a mirror, he like finesses his hair to look bad in the movie. Yeah, 
And I just was like, give me a fucking break. Like, that shit was too much. Like, they were doing way too much. Yeah. And then the the last one with... um Andrew Garfield? Yeah, I'm not... I'm, we're, we're not paying that one anymore. So... Yeah, I agree so, with that. Yeah, so they completely, like, got blew that one out of the water. Um, people were saying that it's better than Spider-Man 2. Some people were saying Spider-Man 2 is still, like, the apex. I mean, I remember liking Spider-Man 2, but I don't remember liking it this much. So I got to I gotta look at Spider-Man 2 again. But I, before I look at it again, I think that this is the best Spider-Man movie I've seen. Okay. Well, I agree. I came in front. It's definitely number one. Yes. I'd say number two would be original Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man oh. 2. Yeah, I put number original Spider-Man over Spider-Man 2. Um, only because I hated the ending of Spider-Man 2. Because I hated that Doc Ock was like, oh, I'm a bad person. I'm going to kill myself now. And I was like, that's that's convenient. <laughs> I'd be called Order's Destruction. Okay, sweet. Yeah, buddy. like I, I just didn't like that. Like with the first one, it was like Norman went down swinging in the end. His costume was awful. But I feel like that was a <laughs> tried and true version of Spider-Man all the way through. Then Spider-Man 2. Then I'd say... I still gotta put Spider Man three over to over the Garfield movies, as bad as it is. Oh well, yeah. If we had just gotten <laughs> the Sandman story like Raimi originally wanted, I think it'd be better. They made him put Venom in there. It was too much going on. It was a big mess. And that's what we ended up with. But aside from the emo Peter parts, when he was literally in a black suit, I felt like he did that very well to convey the suit, trying to take over him and stuff like that. I thought that was played really well, but then they brought in Venom and the course used old boy from seventies shows, uh, that seventies show and, uh, Topher, Topher Grace. And it just didn't land for me. Um, then next would be amazing Spider-Man two, Um, only because they, they absolutely got Gwen and Peter, right? I liked some of the, goblin dynamic that was there um but they kind of ruined that because it was again like oh here's harry oh he has the same problem that his dad had oh he's the goblin oh he killed gwen oh he i don't remember if he died at the end of the movie and jamie fox is terrible <laughs> as electra <laughs> terrible yeah andrew that... garfield was a better spider-man than than toby mcguire but i thought toby mcguire was a better peter parker than andrew garfield was in my opinion yeah. Because I thought Andrew Garfield was too cool to be Peter Parker. It was mm. like, hey, I'm a skateboarder and I'm I I lost my parents. And then he told me McGuire, he was like, I'm a nerd, but I'm like 28 years old. Please pretend I'm 18. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, the girl that's the lead, um, not not the in the, in the new Spider Man, the original the, the Peter's love interest. Yeah, Chris, uh, uh, Kristen Dunst. No, no, I mean, no? I mean, a new movie. Oh, in a new movie, okay. Uh, yes. Liz, you mean Liz? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who um, I'm not. We're not going to say spoilers. Uh, yeah. The one who ended up being, yeah, yeah. In the tra- well, well, in the trailer, you know, his original crush. Yes, mm. she's like 27. Oh, I believe it. I think I've seen her in some other things. Yo, it's like- familiar. Black black is not cracking, man. Like <laughs> she's keeping that fountain of youth going, but 
Yeah, I was. I was, first thing I said when I saw her in the movie, I was like, "Oh, Peter Parker's down with the swirl." I appreciate that. He is down for the swirl, <laughs> and I I'm down for the Marvel reboot, the the, the second Marvel reboot. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh man, or Harry. Yeah, she looks mad familiar. She's definitely been in something else that I've seen. I yeah, just can't man. put my my finger on it, and I'm not going to sit here and dig through Google like I would if I was talking about myself. Um. Uh, but yeah, but no no spoilers, but that movie was they did it really well. They did it really, really well. I thought great Michael Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton was he played it really, really great. I I didn't think he overacted at all. Like I he thought played for it to sure the they would do a Batman reference in there. I expected them to say something from the first Batman movie. Where I thought he was gonna say a, something the Joker said or something he might have said that wasn't a direct like rip of obviously him saying he's Batman or Joker, but I thought for sure he'd be like, "Where does he get all these wonderful toys?" or something like that. <laughs> and he didn't do that, and I appreciate that. Yes, definitely. He he did uh, a great job, and and of course Robert Downey Jr., the all-time MVP of the Marvel Universe, killed it. Uh, yeah, John Favreau killed it as Happy. I've always loved Happy's character. He really got to shine and just be like an annoyed, uh, a super annoyed by Spider-Man the whole movie. But they they just nailed the character, man. Like Spider-Man was mouthy the whole film. Uh, Peter Parker was a dork. Uh, he was disappearing when shit was going down and people couldn't figure out what was going on. And the lack of spider sense was interesting, but considering recent developments over the weekend from Comic-Con, I kind of see why. They they've skipped that because apparently they're going to introduce it in Infinity War, uh, but I, I there was no flaws in this movie. Like they didn't fall into any of the classic super villain superhero tropes. Like I totally thought I'd see the ending coming, and they they swerved me at the last second, and I didn't see the the big swerve in the middle. I didn't see that coming at all. But, I didn't either. No, I, I was in. Thankfully, there was only like seven of us movie theater. I was like, yo, <laughs> that guy. I was that guy. I was like, oh my God. Because I went with uh, my friend Gary and Thomas. So, friends Gary and Thomas. So, we, I was like, yo, I did not. And they're like, we didn't see it either. Um, <laughs> but they, they they just told a good ass story. They told an honest Spider Man story. And I know that my, for my column in my newsletter this week, it's definitely going to be about how this movie restored my faith in Spider Man. Because I was wavering as far as being unhappy with the character's portrayal over the past few years. Yeah, like. I I definitely either tweeted or talked to a couple of friends, but I was definitely like, because even when the news first first broke, like I was like, nah, man, we don't need no more Spider-Man movies. Right. Like we did, we didn't need it, but the way they handled it was so good that like you can't wait to see like what he's going to do in Infinity Wars. Like you can't wait to see where like I'm pretty sure it's going to be a trilogy for the solo Spider-Man movies, but I'm definitely happy. I definitely can't wait to see where they're gonna go with the next. So that so they got no complaints from me. Home Spider Man Homecoming was super dope. I'm not ready to rank it in my Marvel films because I'm highly biased and I'll probably throw it over Guardians and I don't know if I want to do that. But Guardians one that is. Um but it's really good. Go go see Spider Man Homecoming or do whatever you gotta do to see it. Um because I don't judge. Judgment free podcast. <laughs> Uh, oh, before we go, Matt, I got yeah. to give you the official congratulations on the writing gig. 
Um, Thank you, man. Congrats. Talk about that a little bit, man. Talk about a little. Um, bit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing for a site called Sixteen Wins a Ring. It's a publication that's done on Medium.com. And uh, their URL is actually 16winsaring.com. They cover all things NBA. And I, I stuck my neck out there uh, in May and said I'm going to actually submit myself for uh, employment at another site that's not mine because I've been writing for myself really for five years now where I've really been writing, writing, writing and really taking it kind of seriously as far as like columns and stuff like that go. But I'm going to officially be writing for them, covering the Bulls as well as random NBA stuff for them. They got a Slack channel and everything. And I've never been in a Slack group chat until now. And like people's like talking and having ideas and it's, it's really super productive. I'm glad to be a part of the team, man. I'm really, I'm going to be on their, I've already been talking about being on their pie. One of the podcasts is on the show. So Expect good things. I hope to get my first piece out later this week. Yes, man. Good luck with that, you. man. I, I can't wait to I read this. Appreciate it, man. And as always, I want to congratulate you on just your excellent writing because I'm always anything you put out is super, super good. And the 444 piece was was excellent as well as uh, even though I haven't watched it, the Game of Thrones piece. So just promise me you're going to keep keep up the good work so you can continue to sponsor my show. <laughs> <laughs> No, no problem, boy. I definitely will. I definitely will. Um, was there anything NBA we wanted to talk about real quick? Because I, I think we were talking about it off podcast before we started, and I, you said, "Oh, I want to ask you about probably about the Bulls." I imagine. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, the Eastern Conference is going to be wide open. Like, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, other than other than the Cavs, obviously, and the Celtics, obviously. I mean, I don't. The Wizards, honestly, we're probably going to take a step back. Like, I don't think we're going to be as good as we were last year because. Did y'all match on Porter, or are we, y'all still waiting? No, nah, we overpaid and matched on Porter. So, I mean, the funny thing is, like, I think it's overpayment because I don't think we're, we're not going to feel the ramifications for that for like another at least season or two because mm-hmm. the thing, the 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 thing about DC is for the Wizards, we have a bad time of actually signing quality free agents. And so we so we have to draft well. Like we drafted Wall well. We drafted Bill well. We drafted Porter well. We drafted Ubre well. But every other piece, it's been like really, really sort of like hit and miss. Like right. Because even for like, I mean, we traded for Marquise Morris, which I honestly think was a really, really good trade for the last like season and a half that we've had him. Mm-hmm. Um, even for um, Gortat, like he's worked out. Like Gortat, I he mean, was Gortat, trashing Gortat so hard in Game Seven, though. But yeah, oh, but oh! The, before you go any further, congratulations on correctly predicting that they would win Game Six, and. Yeah. I don't think you. I don't think you gave him Game Seven, but you said they win Game Six. Yeah. No, you did I, give him Game Seven because you said Eastern Conference Finals. I did. So you did I get see, Game Six. I did. The reason we lost, and the reason because I gave Gortat shit is because, I mean, we don't have like that's the thing is going back to what I'm saying. Like, we don't have like, we don't have like really a talent for actually signing quality free agents. Mm-hmm. Because our actually our second string center got injured and he was hurt for the whole season, so we had Jason Smith as our second and he was terrible. 
So Gortat was getting ran like minutes that he shouldn't get. He, he shouldn't have had. He got ran into the ground. He did because if because I even remember looking at John Wall. Wall got ran into the ground. Like I don't care anyone. <laughs> he was Wall. that tired in that fourth quarter, game seven. Yo, like Wall wasn't even guarding shit in game. Like fourth quarter, game seven. Like he was just gas. Like mm-hmm. him and Gortat, they were just gas. That's the only reason why we lost. But the thing is, like we, I mean, we really should have won that series in six games, but because we extended, we we let them extend the series, and we didn't capitalize on beating them in Boston when we could have. And it was just, it was a combination of that. And I don't think Brooks, Brooks didn't manage the lineups well, which he had a trouble with in Oklahoma. Like he wasn't managing their lineups well either. And he's sort of bringing that with us too. Bringing that characteristic. Yeah. And then our bench is just then anyway, like we had, we legit had like a top five starting five, like, last year in the NBA, but we had, like, a bottom five worst bench. Like, we yeah. legit had one of the worst benches in the NBA, like... And y'all haven't brought anybody in this summer to kind of help with that, either. We haven't brought anybody in, like... Because we... Even... We traded for Bogdanovich. We had to let him go so we can sign Porter. Mm-hmm. So that... So... But the thing is, like, we had to overpay Porter because if we didn't pay him the money, we wouldn't have signed anyone anyway. So it would have been we had we had the cap space, but no one would sign with us regardless. So it wouldn't even matter. So unless the Wizards really draft well, like these next couple of drafts, like we're gonna slip, and I I'm really scared we're gonna waste Wall's potential. I really think that it's gonna get to a point where, because I think I mean I think this season because the East is gonna be so open, we're gonna make the playoffs, but. Um, I definitely don't see Houston Conference Finals. Like, we should have had it last year, and we we let up away. But I don't see it at all this season. I'm seeing like, I'm seeing like five seed maybe. But people like the East is like so weird now. Anyway, that huh. is gonna yeah pre- predicting three through eight is really just a guessing game now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just like I predicted, I said the Bulls are going to blow it up, and they did, because I said either that or they're on Waste Butler's prom. So the the Chicago Bulls now play in Minnesota, according to Tim Thibodeau, <laughs> other than Derrick Rose possibly probably going to end up in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish Jimmy nothing but the best. I don't expect – I'm guessing Wade's not going to uh, – I mean, he's already taken his player option. He already did that before we traded Jimmy. Um, and then it would take a buyout. So I don't think we would try to actually buy him out. So at least mid season, if we're going to even do that, I don't know. I mean, the crowds are pretty cheap, so I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I think they're going to ride that wave out. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't care if, uh, if, if Wade really just said, fuck it, I'm gonna ride out this year and see what y'all do and try to teach these young guys. And then go somewhere else to try to get another ring next year. That's fine with me. But yeah, I was, I was not happy with that, but here is my hot take for next year on the Eastern conference. Okay. I'm going to say that LeBron James's NBA final streak is going to come to an end. You think the Celtics are going to beat them? I think the Celtics can beat them only because with them stupidly, not extending Griffin for even one more year 
and them not having a GM all year, then losing out on the Paul George sweepstakes to Oklahoma City of all people, um, and Jimmy Butler, and them not making any moves that move the needle at all, other than them having the greatest player in the world in Kyrie Irving. Like, that's still enough to get to the finals, don't get me wrong, but I feel like if the Celtics are healthy and this team plays up to its potential, especially with bringing in uh, the new kid and then Hayward and then IT having help this year, I I just I could see it. It'll be a war. It'll be a seven game series, and they definitely ain't going to beat anybody who comes out of the West. But I could see the Celtics beating Cleveland, and then LeBron going to Los Angeles next summer. I mean, yeah. I, well, I think LeBron's going to leave anyway. Like, oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Even if you won a title, I almost feel like some miracle if they won the title again. I feel like he'd still leave. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, the funny thing is with the Cavs, like. I think I mean their problem is going to be the same problem the Wizards have like they just they're just not deep like yeah I mean because once you get I think they really should trade Kevin Love like during the season or during the summer I don't think anybody wants him now is the problem yeah. I think they've been trying yeah. and they can't get anything decent for him now because he he I think he offered it Indiana and Indiana's like we don't want we don't want him and then uh, same thing with Chicago I I think the Bulls didn't want to take on take on love's contract because i think love just got yeah love got a new contract the year after he got they there won. yeah yeah um i would say i mean because if they don't do that like if anything they gotta trade him just to get like they gotta trade him get just get his contract off because i mean with him and tristan thompson like they don't flow together well at all like no playing, like quality minutes so it's basically like you you either want Love or Thompson at the five and LeBron at the four. I would personally rather have Tristan Thompson, even though if you ask me Kev, who's a better player between Love and Thompson, you're going to say, say Love. Love. Yeah. But for the offense that they run, like Kevin Love is best if he can just rebound and shoot threes, like what you was doing in Minnesota. And you don't need him being like a primary defensive option because he's not a good defender. If we're being for real about it, like no, he really isn't. Like the Warriors murdered them in the paint, like like these finals, like like the oh my god, like you had Kevin Durant strapping up Kevin Love, like it was awful. Like yeah, I felt so bad for that kid, but <laughs> like KD was just like it was ridiculous. It was like. It was just unfathomable, like while while they were putting just love on on KD when it really should have been it really should have been LeBron guarding KD, but the reason mm-hmm. they couldn't do that because they didn't want LeBron gas. And then if you put LeBron on KD, someone's gonna have to defend Clay. Like yep. so so I it, they're gonna have to trade them for like lesser value, I think. Like they're not gonna get one equal to Kevin Love, but they're gonna need at least like a like a, a like a two guard, like a wing that can come off the bench and give like decent minutes. Because I mean, Shump, I mean Shump was a stump in the playoffs. Like, oh my god, yeah, like, he was. Stump didn't do shit. Like, I love Jr. and Jr. Did actually Jr. He, he had a decent finals. He He's the reason good. they were in the they were kinda in the game for most of game six was JR got hot. Yeah, like 
I mean, and all honestly, she or game five. I'm sorry, they only, Cavs only won one game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he he did his thing game five, but I don't like. I mean, Jazz getting up there in age. Like, I don't think, I don't know if he can replicate that. Like these conference finals, or East Eastern Conference finals. I don't know if he can do that again. And I mean. Did they did they even resign Kyle Korver or they? They did. Go? They gave him a whole bunch of money to stay. Oh, see, that was a bad choice. Like, I mean, yeah, because Korver. I mean, of course, if Korver hits that three, then we're at least looking at possibly a six game series. But I yeah, mean, Korver I mean, was so terrible, and he like he every he was every time he's on the floor, he's a liability, and his shot wasn't falling. So he's really a liability then. Yeah, man. Like the funny thing is, like. I mean, that was actually the like the best shot, and like the game, like LeBron had to like the right read on the play. He hit him perfectly. Yep. Like he bricked it, and then Katie hit the transition three that like basically ended the series. <laughs> so like when oh my god, when Katie hit that transition three, like I knew Cavaliers was not going to win that series. I knew the shit was over. Yeah, there was. <laughs> And Le- LeBron was like, it's just like, where did LeBron go? Like, he was exhausted. That's what it was. He just is like, I'm just getting back on defense. Durant's in front of me. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Like, and KD is a pull up three anyway. Like, mm-hmm. so he should have saw that shit coming. He should have. But he went behind that three point line and the rest is history, man. Yeah, man. So, I, so do you think um, that's going to be the first thing you write about? Uh, which part about just the Eastern Conference and like yeah yeah definitely uh already got got the green light on writing about the Eastern Conference and how it's once again going to because like for at least a few years with the Heat and then with LeBron and the Cavs and stuff it's like had its respectability but now it's like what it feels like the early two thousands Eastern Conference again. Like it really does, where it's like, who are we going to feed to the Western Conference this year? Yeah. Until the Pistons broke through again in 2004. Because yeah. uh, 99 till like 99, 2000, till 2002 was Lakers. Spurs is 99 and 2003. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. I mean, that, that's five years of losing titles. And like the Bulls, of course, they, they three peated twice but then there's Rockets titles in there like there's there's never any kind of domination like that that I can think of without looking at a history book off the top of my head that of a, I mean, a conference like that since then if you even if you if you go from like 90 1990 till now I mean it's either Jordan's Bulls mm-hmm. LeBron and uh the two Piston eras yeah those are only those are only Houston champions yeah. yeah. Uh and then uh that one the heat championship with with uh Shaq and D Wade. Yeah, that that's it. Well and the Celtics, the O eight Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. It's definitely few and far in between, unfortunately. Definitely. Definitely. But I, I, mean, I, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the Knicks is just something stupid like trade mellow to the Wizards and we can like we can actually be, we can be competitive again because this season I, I don't see it this season. Me and Mark Long talked about that being a possibility, maybe, but not now. I don't yeah, see we, it happening. We don't have anyone to give up. Like I mean, that was when Phil was still in charge. 
<laughs> oh yeah, Phil would have done something that stupid. He would have, he would have traded him for like, um, for like Ernie Grunfeld or something. I don't know why they give players no trade clauses, man. Like the Knicks were so, so stupid in hindsight for letting have a no trade clause because now they can't get rid of him, and neither one of them really want to be there. But yeah, he'll probably. I mean, people are saying he's gonna be Rockets, so um, I would probably guess that's probably true too. Man, Melo ain't gonna win no championship ever. Uh, nope. I I nope. think when I think when him and and LeBron are in LA together, I think they'll they'll sniff the they'll sniff the Western Conference Finals. But that's about it. <laughs> Melo ain't built to win no NBA championship. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he. I still think his rookie year is better than LeBron's. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, after that, I mean, Melo was always just a scoring god. Mm-hmm. So and for years was, and years, yeah, and so and he was he was good enough on defense, but I mean, he, I mean, he was basically with George Call, and I think George Call is a tool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's a total he definitely sh- shown his true colors over the years. I used to think he was a dope coach but the truth came out yeah man so i mean even those years in denver like because he went to the western conference finals against the lakers that one year i think mm-hmm. yeah um, that was 20 that was 2010 i think or 2009 uh, one of the yeah, two i think it was this, the year it was 2000 maybe 2009 because it was the year that uh the magic and the Cavs played in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I mean, they they had decent enough teams, but they never like they never had like any like championship quality teams. I never thought. Nope. And especially in New York, like they never had that shit. Yeah, even with Lynn Sanity and Amari and everything coming together, if it had, I don't think they would have. I mean, you had the Heat still, so I don't think they even, they even were competing then. They were not. They absolutely were not. But yeah, man, I think we uh, broke the old record of the longest episode, which we said last episode, because we spent <laughs> so much time talking about the greatness that is 444. So I think we need to put a cap on this episode. Yes, buddy, yes. And so, it was definitely great chopping it up, buddy. Definitely yeah, great, man. absolutely. So let me, uh, and then we're going to get out of here. So right, cool. if you like hyphenation, which you should, because we just gave you an in-depth review of 444. Even if you don't have title and you listen to this, you now know what 444 sounds like because we're so good. Go to iTunes, hyphenation, rate, review, subscribe, and share. That way, people can see how great the world's greatest podcast is other than me and Marcus saying it. Um, As well as that, you can find Hyphenation on Google Play. You can find Hyphenation on Stitcher. You can Google Hyphenation. Make sure you put podcasts behind it just so that it doesn't confuse. To behyphen.com, which is my official website, go to Podcast Central, and then you'll find other places you can find Hyphenation. But what I want to point out there is there's a feed burner link. You take the feed burner link, you put it in your favorite podcast listening device, and then you get every single episode delivered right away as soon as it's available. So there you go. You can contact me at b hyphen at gmail.com, B H Y P H E N. I am on Twitter at b hyphen on Facebook, Resilient Redundancies. Uh, you can find me on there. And then anything that says b hyphen, I can guarantee you it's me. Um, unless it has like you're adding something weird to it, like b 
hyphen Zoe or hyphen B. That would bring up a guy from Africa that raps in B hyphen Zoe. I don't even know if he's still active, but just search B hyphen and that's that's me. That's Kellen Conley. That's what you need to know. Um, what else do I normally say that's important in the section? I think that's it, really. I appreciate everybody supporting Marcus. Thank you so much for once again joining me, man. I appreciate it too, buddy. Thanks, man. Maybe next um, time we can give him a short episode, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so either, man. Um, well, be honest, definitely um, enjoy the podcast, the last two podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter, D-L-O-V, and the WordPress uh, blog is the Markrob, uh, T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot WordPress dot com. I uh, write there. Um, I try to write there weekly, but it's more like every other week. But it's basically whenever I feel like the urge to write something or comment something. I write a little bit uh, sports, a little bit of television, a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of social culture. So I'll give, you know, like a little intelligence, a little funniness, and a little levity, and a little uh, clarity, a little intelligence, a little, uh, a little this, a little that. So uh, check my blog out there, check the Twitter out there, and. Thanks for listening, guys. So there you have it. So without further ado, guys, it's really, really late for me. It's only 12.26 for Marcus's, but it's 1.26 for me. And I work at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So without further ado, go listen to 444. That's your recommendation for today. And go see Spider-Man Homecoming. And um, I'm going to go ahead and take this time to diss uh, that Aaron, that judge kid from the Yankees. Aaron Judge? Yeah. Fuck Aaron Judge because he's a Yankee. <laughs> just just on general purposes. But aside from all that, guys, uh, put some positivity out in the world after I just said fuck Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be good to each other. Uh, eat lots of uh, uh, steak and bacon, but in moderation. And... Without further ado, I don't have anything else to say other than I'm going to sleep. And thanks, y'all.